Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm practically perfect in every way. And go fly a kite. We're looking at Mary Poppins. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Practically perfect in every way. Yeah. How, how how are you today? Oh, Jeff, what a loaded question in early 2021. I'm here um, recording a podcast yeah. with you, and so because of that, I'm doing okay in this moment. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, this uh, year is already off to a practically imperfect start. Oh, practically, uh, <laughs> practically, 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 but not completely. Uh. <laughs> so close. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, well, it doesn't matter when we're recording this. I mean, you could pick any day. Be like, oh, they must have, they must have been recording this on this day. It's like, take a guess. Take a wild take stab. Take a wild guess. Any day. Oh, it's uh, all, you know, insurrection bingo. Um, great. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about some Mary Poppins. That's right, y'all. Governor. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about my accent nightmares. Now, wait a minute. Are you supposed to be practically perfect Mary Poppins, or are you uh, Bert the lovable uh, jack of all trades? The old Jeff, lovable bird of all trades. Jeff. You're both. I'm a chameleon. I am everyone. I am all four glorious character actresses <laughs> in Sister Suffragette. I am Bert with every passing profession. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, let's start the episode like this, and let's find out which character from Mary Poppins you actually are, Amy Jo. Uh, all right, so this is a dumb quiz that I found online. What word best describes you? Practical slash analytical. Full of surprises, firm slash stern, humorous, or thoughtful? Well, definitely not full of surprises. I'm nothing mm. if not wildly predictable. Um, <laughs> but that's what's so unpredictable about you. Is it? Is your predictability. Because uh, just when I think like, oh, well, clearly she'll do this, you'll, you're like, oh, no, no, it's it's this. I'm a fan of this random character or random property that I'm like, how did you even know about this well, movie I'm, or TV I'm show a, or whatnot? Jack of all trades. Um... All right, what was humorous? Humorous, thoughtful, firm, stern, full of surprises, or practical, analytical? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, well, Jeff, I. Mm, I mean, considering the amount of time you're taking to analyze I, these options, I think I might pick practical, analytical for uh, or you. Thoughtful. <laughs> uh, or thoughtful. I guess thoughtful can mean different things in different contexts. <laughs> you're right. Well, read me to filth. Choose practical, analytical. Uh, done. What do you love to do? Laugh, work, play games, or sing. Well, for me, some of those are the same, same thing. I oh, I miss work. I miss work, which is singing. Um, but I also love to laugh. So let's go. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. What word do you use when you don't know what to say? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I always know what to say. Pancake or awesome. I mean, out of those, the most likely probably is pancake. pancake. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite color? Yellow, pink, blue, or purple? Out of those, let's go with blue. On a normal day, you would rather be working, doing practical activities, doing pictures, poetry, uh, one-man band acts, or having a tea party on the ceiling. What would you rather be doing? Not what you would usually be doing. Would you rather be working, doing practical activities, whatever I, that I'd, means? I'd rather be working. Rather be working. I, and not yeah. just in these times when I'm doing sure. so little of it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And finally, what did you think of this quiz? Easy, hard, fun, okay, boring, or I don't know? I'm going to go with okay. 
great. We're going to submit your answers, and you are 70% George Banks. Oh, no! <laughs> you are stern at times and take work seriously. You like your home and life in order where everything is practical and makes sense. Sometimes you miss the small things in life. You do not believe in frivolous things such as playing games and singing songs. Oh. I got to say, this quiz is 100% mistaken. But this is the thing is when they don't realize that my work is legit doing that, plays. That's true. You did pick a lot of work for your options. But for but me, your work, work is like, singing. I'm dressing up like an octopus and singing, singing in a songs. silly accent. I'm not in a bank. I'm not in a soulless capitalist institution. I'm just in the soulful capitalist institution of commercial theater. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, great. So let's get on with it. Right. Mary Poppins is a comedy fantasy musical that came out on August 27th, 1964, and was directed by Robert Stevenson and adapted by Bill Walsh and Don DeGrady from the novel by P.L. Travers. Amy Jo, what is your experience with Mary Poppins? Had you seen it before? This is one of my mother's favorite films. Oh, and surprised. she was born in what, like 57? So mm-hmm. she is like, this is like prime oh, childhood perfect. time. Yeah, perfect yeah. childhood so film for your mom. She also, like, you know, I, my early childhood anglophilia, it's not a surprise how I came about it because my mom was obsessed with with this movie with london with peter pan you know mm. all these things that take place in like yeah. uh, oldie timey london and she also loves <laughs> julie andrews so yes i've seen this movie a lot not yeah. for many years but mm. i mean mm-hmm. i had oh, we watched this a lot in my childhood in my youth um as a little youth and then i have coached people on dialects when they were going in oh, for the broadway version for right, it a lot but i never right. actually saw it on broadway um there were a lot of different book scenes and things, which I guess you have to do if, if you're going to adapt it for the Tosh. I, I didn't see it on Broadway. I saw it in London, actually. This is like oh. the first time I went to London. Me and my dad took a trip uh, when I was in college, may, primarily to just see a bunch of theater and because I yeah. loved London, but I'd never been. So it was a great trip. So we saw like oh, so a lot of Shakespeare. We saw uh, like we saw the Othello with uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Hugh McGregor. We saw... Uh, Glengarry Glen Ross with Jonathan Price, which he was amazing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we also saw then a lot of like, we saw Blood Brothers because my dad was like, it's the longest running musical in the West End. You have to see it. I'm like, like, do I though? It still has Is that the, the reason? score from the 80s. Sure does. Uh, and it's like, we've we got to see Mary Poppins. So we saw Mary Poppins and I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, I especially enjoyed, because uh, who was it? Gavin. Gavin Lee. Because it was Gavin Lee on Broadway, right? right. So we had Gavin Creel. In no the West End. Way. I know. You That's gotta be so named funny. if you wanna play Bert, you gotta be named Gavin people. Those are the rules. Gavin's the rules. <laughs> Unfortunately, those are the only two Gavins that I can think of. I know um, a Gavin in the uh like musical theater Broadway community and, and he's quite charming. He's oh, I'm sorry, we're looking shows. for primarily Gavin. Well, if you don't understand how it's meant to be pronounced, it looks identical. So oh. you could slip under the radar. Fair enough. Um but anyway, I saw it then uh as a stage show because i have not actually seen this movie before i've seen bits and pieces as a kid i saw a lot of that and the animated sequence i saw dick van dyke tap dancing around with With a bunch of penguins and i was like well this i'm into this was a real Uh, shocking revelation that's that's it it had just missed me this was not a film of my parents utes i guess so it was not one they were passing down to me so it was just not something wasn't something that was on tv at the time uh so i just had missed it and uh I really enjoyed it. Ah, it was very charming. Because well, it's great. It is very long, but surprisingly, kind of flies really by, moves. which I was pretty shocked. I was shocked like when you told me the almost runtime. two and a half hours long. Yeah. yeah, I was like, it is. And then you I see, know. there's like 
85 songs in it. Right. Like, a lot <laughs> yeah. of them are like 32 yeah. bar you, little You could have cut 15 but... minutes of these, yeah. like the recitative songs that like Mr. Banks had. Right. That, and the... that you as Mr. Banks had uh, in, look, in your movie. I performed the crap out of them. <laughs> now, this is true. You did. Uh <laughs> He is that actually is one of the clowns that I like to do most, which is oh, very high status clown. Very oh, high great. status and oh, yeah. uptight. It's very Malvolio. I'm energetically. Also, also very high status clown. Uh yes. Yeah. Always very fun. The few times that I get cast to be more of a Burt type and get to be just lollygagging around and just a being, a, being, a, being a real a paloof. A real goof paloof. Jack of all trades. Uh but normally I'm just like, oh, why are people getting dust in my house? Um <laughs> <laughs> That's my type. Um <laughs> So a top gross. This is the top grossing movie of 1964, and was the highest grossing Disney movie for 20 years. Yeah, it was a huge, huge hit for Disney. Uh, so spoilers ahead. If you've not seen Mary Poppins or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. In 1910 London, George Banks returns home to learn from his wife, Winifred, that their nanny has left their service after their children, Jane and Michael, have run away for the fourth time that week. They are returned shortly after by Constable Jones, who reveals the children were chasing after a lost kite. The children ask their father to help them build a better kite, but he dismisses them. Mr. Banks decides to advertise for a stern, no-nonsense nanny, but Jane and Michael present their own advertisement for a kinder, sweeter nanny. Now, I know it's not important to the plot like mm-hmm. so many songs, but you've completely glossed over Glennis Johns as the mother singing Sister Suffragette. Is a great in. little. I mean, because granted, like this is tune. like yeah. an arc for the father, but it's also an arc for the mother who, like, is still able to be into suffrage, but still spend some time with the children. But what a delightful intro! She comes in talking about women getting arrested again, and, <sighs> and just such a with such glee. And then you have like these all these wonderful character actresses yeah. in one room. I was <laughs> oh, like, it's great. Oh, it is. Yeah, I as, love as you this. said, it's like all these women that are probably up for the same roles to all yeah. be cast as like. Like as the cook and the maid yeah. and and the the nanny yeah the yeah oh because the nanny is still there at this point this, yes, this is Katie as the nanny Nana. is trying, trying to, to resign. resign right oh right, right, right. Katie Nana <laughs> oh definitely definitely I was sad that uh the mom was not in the movie more I kind of wish that we had more of her because she's like lovably daffy oh, it's like a great just like also daffy for performance. for those that would know this reference but wouldn't know as I'm sure some some of our listeners are like duh Jackson but Glennis Johns who plays the mother it was the original Desiree Armfelt and the little night music so Stephen Sondheim oh, wrote Broadway. send in the clowns for her wow it is because of her voice and like her breath capacity that he wrote the song that way his wow. like most famous song he's ever some written. say she's still holding those notes to this day that's that's the breath her, capacity it's her lack of breath capacity oh, it's why the shorter phrases <laughs> isn't it rich are we a pair they're not you know it's not oh, I candide see. i gotcha i gotcha um, but yeah anyway fun facts fun facts fun facts uh, Mr. Banks rips up the kid's letter and throws the scraps in the fireplace, but a strong wind draws the fragments up through the chimney and into the air. Physics. Physics. The next day, a number of elderly, sour-faced nannies <laughs> wait so outside good. the Banks' home, but a strong gust of wind blows them away. That's I, really... I assume to their death, to their inevitable <laughs> doom. Because you're like, oh, it's, they're, not, they're not yelling or screaming, but I'm like, they are... 
<laughs> they are not just like, whoa, kind of like skidding along the ground. They are full blown. They are airborne. It was making me think it's the same kind of music and like boom sound effects as in the tornado sequence in Wizard, Wizard of, of Oz, Oz which mm-hmm. is actually like kind of charming and goofy until Gulch appears. And I was like, fine. They're landing on a big old tuft of hay somewhere. I need to see them landing on top of it. I need to see them landing in the, you know, Spider-Man shooting some webs so they like land safely in a net. I need someone to be coming to these women's rescue. Bustles, they... <laughs> probably. It's 1910. I-, I think at the end, as Mary Poppins is like, spoilers, f- flying away on her umbrella back up to the clouds from when she came because she's an angel, question mark. Uh, you should still see, you should see in the distance all those those old it's nannies still go still tumbleweeding around. We should see every now and again, we should see a tumbleweed nanny just go fly by. <laughs> oh, I'm not mad about that idea. Yeah, seeing them all in a line outside of uh, Banks's house, I was like, ah, this is my future. It's just waiting in line with a bunch of... The bunch of you know stern looking people going in here for, for a the crone part. call. Hey, hey, you look like a character actor. <laughs> for the crone call, or they needed an old troll, old crone wanted. Uh, so Jane and Michael then witness a young nanny descending from the sky using her umbrella, presenting herself to Mr. Banks. Mary Poppins calmly produces the children's restored letter and hires herself, convincing Mr. Banks it was originally his idea. She meets the children and helps them magically tidy their nursery by snapping her fingers. Oh, I'm so jealous of that as a child. I'm jealous of it now. Oh, sure. It'd be great. You just go snap, snap. And... This is how this quiz got me wrong. Uh, no. I'm a disaster. <laughs> I cannot keep a tidy space. Uh, and well, I'm... George Banks can't either he needs everyone else to do it for him he's oh, not like so right. cleaning and tidying he's if you had uh, a maid and a cook and a nanny and to i guess I'd watch over to... me <laughs> then <laughs> this place would be spick and span too sweet i've hired a governess for my husband <laughs> spit, what is it spit spot that she says spit spot, spit spot. uh yeah that's all we need also i love that in this scene of of course the spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down all the effects where it's just it's like Jane will just drop a bunch of blocks and then they clearly just run it yeah. in reverse. So it's like all the blocks magically go into her hand and it just looks like uh, a G-rated version of Tenet. It's like literally what Tenet is. Oh, it's really? everything. They're just doing everything backwards and then just playing it. Everyone's like, go, you know, running backwards or whatever and then they play it forwards for so much of the special effects. I'm like, this is just you dropping a thing and then you run they it in reverse. They were doing so this in Poppins in 64. Uh, I know. I, but it just made me laugh. Uh, outside, they meet Mary's old friend, Bert, working as a sidewalk chalk artist, uh, which I skipped. You At the very beginning, you see him doing this great one-man band. What I love, uh, then, too, is as he's, like, slowly walking down the street, he hasn't detached anything from, like, the kick drum. So he's oh just God. like, boom, chick, boom, chick, as he's walking I mean, you, down this you, quiet you residential street. No, he's coming street. a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm like, Yeah. Uh, on the scale of like thinking of like street performers of how annoyed I would be of this, just thinking of mainly, uh, have you ever seen alien saxophone guy on subways? Alien saxophone guy. This is a gentleman that comes on and says that like, I am an alien from another planet. And like pretty much like this is the song of my people. And then we'll play a saxophone oh. terribly until you pay him to stop. Uh, which is, I mean, you know I what? Props, actually, props for originality. I think I've seen this guy, but before he had adopted the alien lingo, he did play really terribly. And then started playing the impossible dream, like oh. really beautifully. And oh, then what? he gets to the part where he goes, hmm, 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 and then starts going, and by this point we're all like looking at him, like how much higher are you gonna go? And then he gets really screechy high, and then goes, "Give me money, and I will stop." And we all just 
burst into laughter and then the doors open and like the whole car is laughing and this guy gets in and sits down next to me and goes oh is he any good and I went no but it was so he's great at being terrible (laughs) he's got his that is his shtick down that is great that is great but I feel like Bert is somewhere along that level of like he is whatever works whatever works I mean at least it's not uh did you ever see Kevin who was like just like a performance artist that his whole bits did seem to be to be as obnoxious as possible like he would usually be in like pants and shirtless and a gas mask and he would be and this pre-covid people but he knew he knew he could see the future he had that gas mask on and he's just like whack he had like a it looked like a vacuum cleaner tube and he'd just be like whacking it on the ground and he'd just be like making noises and i was like i don't know because it's not like pay me because I'm good, but it wasn't even pay me to stop. It was just more of like, I dare you to pay me. I dare you to say that you enjoy what I'm doing. Pay me for the New York experience I'm yeah. providing you with in this moment. Well, this was in Williamsburg. This is in a oh, back where I used to live at the subway where I'm just like, I'm just trying to get home. It is two in the morning, Kevin. Now he is no longer a one-man band. He's working as a sidewalk chalk artist. And Mary uses her magic to transport the group into one of his drawings. Mary and Bert go on a leisurely stroll. And no, no, no. They go on a they jolly, go on a jolly holiday. holiday. They go on a jolly holiday, I think. <laughs> they go on a jolly holiday. They're bouncing on turtles, Dick Van Dyke, dancing with some penguins. With his magical pants. His magical defy pants. the laws of physics, but it is a cartoon. It, good point. Uh, they ride an enchanted carousel. Bert rescues this d- delightful Irish fox little from a fox hunt. little fox. <laughs> Who then is just gnawing away on a little candy apple, which I was like, That's I want great. this. I wanted the fox to follow them into the real world, and then you could, and then he could turn into a real fox. It'd be like Enchanted, where it becomes a real, yeah. real squirrel. You just have this real fox come, going around and occasionally looking up and just being like, and just still being able. Mr. to Mr. Banks would not be having that. Well, that's how you gotta hide the fox. You'd pretend like it was like a a fur, like the fox would just play dead around Mary's neck, and then as soon as Mr. Banks looked away, the fox would like look up and give a wink. And then Mr. Banks would be like, "Am I paying her too much that my nanny can afford a (laughs) fox fox fur?" Uh, yeah, and they, Mary wins a horse race, and describing her victory, Mary Poppins uses the nonsense word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and the outing is ended when a thunderstorm dissolves Bert's drawings returning the group to London. Which Peel Travers, I mean, she she fought tooth and nail against everything being made about this movie. She only agreed, finally, for Disney to make the movie because the book sales were down. And man, tooth and nail, she hated everything that Disney was doing with this. And as soon as she found out they were planning an animated sequence, she was like, try to put the kibosh on it. She was like, absolutely not. It wasn't until they convinced her, like, only... Like, the main focus will be them. They'll still be real. They won't be animated. The, the, char- the main characters will mm-hmm. still be them. And in a back animated world, just trying to appease her. But then I think at like the first screening she saw, she was like, you got to cut it. It's got to go. And Disney was like, it's done. We're it's we're do done you know here. How long we shake spend? your hand and we're going to go our separate ways. Like you do not have say in this any longer. Don't think you're cutting super califragilistic expialidocious and all of like. The, um, the d- one d- part d- of this d- I saw d- as a kid. Ain't at no, 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 no. Also, then we have Mary Poppins just gaslighting the crap out of these kids. And they're like, remember when you went a horse race and we did this? And she's like, I've never done such a thing. A respectable person like me at a horse race. And you you actually said when you're watching it, you're like, why don't you turn the gaslight up a little, Mary? Is that a nice gaslight next to you? And then she sings this song, Stay Awake, where it's like, okay, now you're just busting out reverse psychology and putting these kids to sleep. Reverse psychology lullaby. Don't go to sleep. Whatever the song goes. Stay awake. Keep your eyes open. Clearly, yeah. it was not an impactful part of my childhood because I don't right. remember it. <laughs> Stay away. 
break. Something like that. Yeah. The next day, Mary and the children meet Bert's uncle, Albert, who has floated up in the air because of his uncontrollable laughter, and they join him for a tea party on the ceiling. It's like, as soon as he spoke, I was like, who is this voice? It's such an iconic voice. Oh, yeah. And I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. Also the toy maker from Babes in Toyland, which was another big staple of my childhood. But that is, you would recognize him physically from that. Yeah, I must say, watching that sequence, I was like, now, in the year of our Lord 2021, are we shaming people for having a, a laugh? Like, I get that it's not a very respectable way to behave in 1910 for a certain echelon of, like, class. And I was like... Well, Mary, Mary looks laugh? down on a lot of things. Mary's she pretty sure stern, so I think I, I think it's less the lesson is like we shouldn't be laughing. It's just more that we're kind of seeing more of the differences between Mary and Bert. Well, which I think a lot of that is a class thing. It's mm. also like I'm supposed to train these kids to behave yeah. properly and not to cackle like hyenas. And I was like, I. But I ultimately, get this is it. what saves the day. Are are yes. these jokes and laughter? So uh-huh. I, I, you know, Mary Poppins, she's practically perfect. She ain't perfect. You're so right. <laughs> Just practically, you're so right. Turns out that that tape measurer is a, being a real jerk as well. I'm, and I mean, come on, it, it says her own name on it, so I'm pretty sure she wrote that in herself. I'm pretty sure she's gaming <laughs> oh, the system think? here. You think? <laughs> She sharpied that in. <laughs> oh, that'd be great if you could easily see that the others are like bench are like actually sketched into the tape measure, but her she like taped on Mary Poppins. <laughs> she's just some. She's just like some con artist that's just come into their home. Right. That'd be great if we didn't show her like flying in, and instead they revealed that she's actually just swindling this family. I mean, she does a really deft job of working her way into this household by just like flummoxing the dad. You know, absolutely, so, absolutely. Hey, I wouldn't be. I I wouldn't have been surprised if there's a scene where she was like really bilking him for money and managing to get like paid by both him and Winifred mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. like someone else as well. The kid's got a pair as well. Pay me your allowance, kid. Give me your tuppence. And Give me those tuppence. I got to be out of here when the wind changes, aka when my parole officer comes <laughs> looking for me. <laughs> this is a much darker tale. And what I want to see, Mary Poppins <laughs> on the run, the criminal Mary Poppins at large. Ooh. Maybe she gets framed for a crime. It becomes like the Great Muppet Caper. So for the <gasps> sequel, they if they'd come up with a sequel a little sooner than forty five years later, really... you got Mary Poppins getting like mistaken for a jewel thief, and then you could have Julie Andrews playing also a jewel thief. She's like her like doppelganger. Yes, we're pulling a real like Angela Lansbury season two of Murder She Wrote, where she's playing her own cousin. Uh, I, when you told me that she, she plays her own cousin, it, it, who's British, right? Yeah, of course, and, uh, and an is, actor. So we get we oh, get Angela Lansbury singing and doing doing like a Courtney sort of <laughs> accent, and you're like, yes, Ange, yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, but back to. Mary, oh, this yes. film, uh, Uncle Albert, yeah, the tea party in the ceiling, and afterwards, Mr. Banks becomes annoyed by the household's cheery atmosphere and threatens to fire Mary Poppins. But as yeah, as we said, master manipulator, she manipulates him into taking the children to his work at the bank the next day. And that evening, Mary tells the children of the woman who sits by St. Paul's Cathedral selling bird feed. Mr. Banks then brings the children to the bank the next day, and they meet the elderly Mr. Dawes, also Dick Van Dyke, which is delightful so um, fun also, with with an actual decent accent yeah, for mr dawes he's, he's just putting on more of a voice which always makes something easier when you're doing something more extreme plus there's fewer sound changes in an upper class british accent than cockney mm. so it's it's closer uh to what 
<laughs> he has right. fewer mistakes he can make. <laughs> um, there is an episode of Diagnosis Murder, which the TV show stars Dick Van Dyke as a doctor that I don't know how this surgeon ever manages to perform surgery. He's just out there solving crimes. Mm-hmm. But um, there's an episode where he also plays this entire family that all like one of them dies and the rest are all accused or something like that but yeah so there's like a scene at a dinner table where he's playing like five different people and i was like this is what i came here for (laughs) (laughs) anyway dick van dyke great love you oh he's perfect so the children so jane and michael they were not told that he was (gasps) playing this guy so they were very scared of him and were worried they were worried that the horrible old man was gonna fall down and die at any moment because they have so much old age makeup on him oh yeah uh and like really impressive the hair is and the beard anytime there's a fake beard in a movie uh um what's his name uh, Dave Franco in The Disaster Artist, when he's got a fake beard on to be uh, Mark, Mark uh, to be Greg Sestero, uh, it just looks like a dead chipmunk strapped to his face. So often fake beards are some of the worst things I've ever seen in a film. And this fake beard on Dick Van Dyke looks well, fantastic. Also, they they knew they were going to be doing a lot of close-ups on him. It's like, spend the money yeah. on the good makeup. Yeah, you got but that then, Disney money. Yeah, I mean, he's doing so many pratfalls. He's doing all this clown stuff. Oh, yeah, that was not in the script. So that was just him messing around, like, in a... Amazing. So he... They were doing a makeup test in the projection room, and Walt Disney saw him entertaining all the crew members by doing, like, all these comic routines, including, like, the stepping down bit. So he requested that the crew members build a six-inch riser on the boardroom set. So he's like, so Dick can do that stepping down routine, Uh, which is great, which is like, you know, absolutely. If you're like, oh, that's really funny. Stealing it. Yeah. Putting it in my movie. Oh, man. Again, I think I've said it on the pod before. Don't ever do anything in a rehearsal room that you don't want the director to be like, I like it. Let's keep it. Yeah. If you're worried a director is going to fall in love with it. If yeah, you're just don't... doing something really that you're like, wouldn't it be stupid if we did this? I right. have legit had that happen. Oh, We're like, man. oh, that's cute. Keep it. We're like, yeah. no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, luckily, this was one of the good examples. This of is that. a perfect uh, example of like, what is great this introduction? Because uh, yeah. it also helps. So it's like, you could be scared of him as a kid i I could so understand especially like all these creepy old men are just like grabbing at these kids because the dad dad wants them yeah so michael wants to give his tuppence to the bird lady so he can feed the birds birds. and his dad's like no you're gonna start open a bank account with your two little tuppence and these these old guys are like tuppence money Money. i hear money please they're just (laughs) money for does does money (laughs) give me the money just clawing at these kids yeah it's terrifying um, which, understandably, they uh, freak out, and then everyone else, all these customers over here, and they're like, hey, they won't give that kid his money back. Well, they Maybe they won't give me. Kid. They're oh, okay. like, they won't give someone their money. Uh, uh, you know I, what I, I need my all money. of my we money. We all want our money back. Uh, right. So they cause chaos. They cause a, a bank run, run. on the bank. A run on the bank. And the kids flee the bank and get lost uh, until they meet up with Bert, now working as a chimney sweep, who escorts them home, which I love. Then the mom is like, well, I've got to leave. It's like, okay, can you know, can the maid look after them? It's like, oh, no, no, no. We'll ask the cook. Oh, I, not this is on baking day. I can't ask the cook. And just like, well, you seem nice, filthy stranger. Can you watch my kids? Like, she doesn't know who Bert is. Like, well, can, can you just watch them? Filthy stranger. <laughs> He's covered in soot. Oh, uh, yes. Well, how does he describe soot? Where it's just like, because then when Michael gets good, covered in clean soot. soot. Oh, that's right. Good, clean soot. <laughs> so fair enough. It is good, clean soot. It's not yes, that yes, dirty yes. soot. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the three and Mary Poppins. Which venture. I love that she, we first see her on a cloud uh, mm-hmm. powdering her nose with a compact. Yeah. And then she's, when he, he's like, come on, Mary Poppins. She's yeah, like, they, they, oh, They all, all right. go up through the chimney. So they're all then covered in but soot. But then she goes, oh, all right then. And she takes out same compact, dabs it, and then just puts like Gets cold more, dust across her nose. More soot. 
but on her nose. Like, I, oh, you missed a spot. It it, it's very really, good. It's good. I, I think I thought that was like funny when I was a kid, but it didn't. It didn't strike me until this time. I was like, no, that's 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 very funny. Consistency is yes. what's important here for yeah. her, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I appreciate. Like, I'm gonna look a mess. I want to look a right mess. I, I want to look, look a right meaning correct. Correct. Mess. Exactly. Exactly. So they venture on the rooftops where they have uh, an incredible song and dance number with all the other chimney sweeps. Step, Step in, in time. Aconique. I am amazing. Uh, which spills out into the Banks' home after Admiral Boom, their neighbor. Oh, yeah, we haven't, yeah, we haven't discussed. Talked about him. This ca- old retired captain, question yeah, mark, who yes, has a from... cannon. His, his apartment is shaped like a ship, or the roof is, There's, and he's, he's a cannon. He's built a ship deck on his rooftop. He, like, his, like, butler, I think, is actually just, like, uh, which I guess this is a thing that's a trope that you see in like certain like in mystery novels and that sort of thing where like the guy oh, who was ship like, roof. <laughs> no, I was going to go with like the guy who was, I was your Batman during the war. And then they mm. become like the valet or that sort of thing. Yeah. But anyway. valet. Sure. Yeah. Let me just, li- let's just, these two old gents living together. Regardless. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it in a few mystery novels around in times I was to say, but yeah. I was like, is this just fireworks or is this person firing a literal cannon I into feel, the streets I think of he's usually firing a cannon every morning and night, like by clockwork. Where are they uh, landing? Um, not my problem. <laughs> it's sure someone's problem. <laughs> oh, he's probably just, you know what? I, the, those All those nannies going, going tip oh, top no. flying through the air. Target practice. Oh, no. Admiral Boone. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, his name's Admiral Boom. He's like, it's, you know, what do you want him to do? Uh, but this time, instead, he shoots fireworks thinking that they're robbers. So he shoots a bunch of fireworks at them, and they, like, launch him back, and they're having a old merry war. And I'm like, what is happening? A lot. Uh, right. But so then they uh, they all flop back into the Banks' home, and Mr. and Mrs. Banks returns home and send the chimney sweeps away. And Mr. Banks then gets a phone call from the bank requesting a meeting with him about what the children did. 9 p.m., which when he was walking there at 9 p.m., it looks like 4 o'clock in the morning, like London dead of night. I I mean, right now, 5 p.m. here in New York looks like It's true. There's not a thriving nightlife scene currently. Uh, Uh, Also, I just mean by how dark it's getting. Yes, but I mean more like the way it's just desolate. Oh, I gotcha. I'm like, it's 9 p.m. Even in 1910, there were people who would walk about a place at nighttime. Not if you don't want to get got by the vampires. I guess. I guess. That's so true. Vampires. What a common threat. Yeah. Old scary poppins. You're going to be populated by the old vampires. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, yes. And the children give their father Michael's tuppence in the hope to make amends. Mr. Banks walks through London to the bank where the bankers humiliate and dismiss him. Asked if he has anything to say, he blurts out, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, tells a joke, and happily heads home. Having learned... This, I don't want to be around all these old creepers. I don't need I this. Got, I got to spend time with my family. I'm to have a mental break and then go uh, enjoy time with my family. Uh, and he does manage to technically commit murder here because Mr. Dawes then oh, mulls right. over the joke and finally understanding it floats up into the air laughing. And then we learn that he died. Father uh, died laughing. <laughs> right. So the next day, the wind changes, meaning Mary Poppins must leave. A happier Mr. Banks is found at home having fixed his children's kite oh. and takes the family out to fly it. 
In the park, the Banks family meets Mr. Dawes' son, Mr. Dawes Jr., who reveals his father died laughing from the joke. But Mr. Dawes Jr. had never seen his father happier in his life and re-employs Mr. Banks as a junior partner. And they're all flying kites. All these all old, these old guys old are flying bogeys. kites. It's hilarious. I will say the song, Let's Go Fly a Kite. I'm, Beautiful. I'm getting emotional. Oh, it's, 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 about it's it. such a good song. It's so effective. And like we were talking about, like, yes, Mr. Banks has too many songs earlier, too many reprises with the one song. But yeah. I like that he has that first song. It like It's in a really square... T- four you know four four tempo you know and just like it plods it's like it doesn't speed up or slow down it da, 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 everything's regimented mm. and then let's go fly a kite is this this waltz tempo and it moves and it's it's just got this this joy and this upward movement to it. it's just like such good musical storytelling yeah. from the character's beginning Versus the end. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's and great. the song is it's beautiful. so good. It's, a, it's such a beautiful sentiment, such a beautiful way to end the film with this family together. And with her work done, Mary Poppins ends the movie by flying away with Bert, telling her not to stay away too long. Flying away, comma, with Bert telling yes. her not to stay away Sorry, too not long. flying away with Bert. Yes, flying like, away. She doesn't fly away with Bert. And Bert is like, don't stay away too long. Don't stay away too long, Don't long, stay Poppins. away too long, Mary uh, Poppins. Silhouette. Silhouette. Oh no, that silhouette. Anyway, silhouette, silhouette, silhouette. Uh, so this is a first for this show. I could not find any information on there being a casting director. So this might have just been because our only film that we've done so as of yet that was earlier than this was Psycho, and for that the casting director was uncredited, and mm. that wasn't really what they normally did. So I just don't know well, if it was a. I think yeah. the studio is also like True. it was just a different kind of different. Uh, system and we're still in the yeah. studio system at this point i mean disney yeah. obviously you know but, um i mean a lot of these actors did right. uh, many so disney many films. disney films oh so absolutely these kids yeah these like, kids played siblings three times like oh, really? they were the in three separate oh. movies as as siblings oh, wow. together they're both in thomasino which is another movie uh, that i used to watch and then one because I, I think she's in bed knobs and broomsticks the, I'm, or it could be the mistaken. dad is in bed oh the dad is in bed knobs. yeah oh, okay. i could be mistaken um but then the two of them are also in um some movie about a gnome that i had not seen but looking looking it up because i was like wait wasn't because i knew she was in thomasina because she's kind of the lead i was like uh, oh gnomeo no, and juliet gnomeo and juliet That's oh, or gnomeo and juliet too sherlock gnomes uh no, Jeff. No. Oh, Amelie? Amelie with that that, that globe trotting gnome from the commercials? It's something like 968-year-old <laughs> gnome. Something 968-year-old like gnome. Know. Catchy I title. I looked it up briefly. I hadn't seen it. I missed it. I missed it. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Now, some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. So let's kick it off with old Mary Poppins. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Julie Andrews, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think, I mean, come on. This is like what? An iconic performance. It's, It's a really tricky line to walk of like being kind of stern and fully gaslighting children (laughs) um but but also just being charming and like lovely she's lovely in this you know but she's not saccharine for a moment i mean a spoonful of medicine a spoonful of medicine 
uh, a spoonful sugar. of sugar makes the medicine go down really does apply to her as a character yes. as well. Where it's like, I'm going to do what's right for this family. I'm going to do what's right for these kids. But I'm going to do it under the guise of like, we're having fun, but not too much fun. I'm not here to just Absolutely. have fun and make merry. It's so English, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's... it's um Yeah, you're not wrong. It's just, she she's not like playing an ingenue, you know, in any way. She's like... yeah this she's got such backbone and yet like she's smiling and having a good time and she really cares about these children i yeah. just i mean and julie andrews the golden voice and oh, just the an incredible ease. incredible voice yeah i and think she's wonderful big screen debut yeah because she had that cinderella which is a tv movie mm-hmm. which was like her only other really big thing and then like but she had been killing it on broadway oh of course like absolutely and of course like broadway records at the time sold a lot more than they do now so you know right. you people had heard her on Cam- i mean camelot well was that's her what broadway that's what that's what got her this disney saw her in camelot Ugh. um and then wanted to cast her in this she was pregnant at the time and disney offered to wait until after she had the baby to start filming and offered her then husband tony walton the job of designing costumes and sets for the movie because he was like what, what do you do he's like oh i do like i do this oh we'll find your job we'll find your job like he, he knows what he's doing he's just like oh i'll, I'll get you yeah I'll, I'll give your husband work too it's I'm like gonna how could you work. say no yeah. how could you say no to oh, disney that's so, I, i've talked about the costume several times like that dress that winifred enters in with that's oh, the blue number with delightful. the yellow piping and the yellow buttons it's like oh yeah <laughs> i was like can i get one of those and just wear it around the house i love it um, so yeah, she's wonderful. It's uh, really it's an incredible performance. hard to think <laughs> of other people of that era to play it because also most of them yeah. would have been dubbed, you know, right. by Marnie Nixon, who was great. Meanwhile, um, Julie Andrews, so good. She's singing for Mary Poppins and she's the voice of the little Robin in uh, A Spoonful of Sugar Makes Medicine oh, Go Down. So she's she, just like singing she with herself. Right, yeah, 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 she's yeah. doing all the little whistling. And with herself in the mirror. Cheeky. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't know. I had, I didn't have a ton of contemporary thoughts because obviously they just did this remake, which I haven't seen. Well, um, sequel. Mary sequel. Poppins so sorry. Yes, of course. Sorry, sorry. They've they've just done this sequel, and yes, Emily I, Blunt, I think, is a very logical yes, choice. Yes, I agree. It, it should come as no surprise to listeners because I've not seen the first Mary Poppins until that you haven't two seen, days yeah. ago. That uh, I have not seen Mary Poppins Returns. Although I did see Saving Mr. Banks about. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I saw Saving Mr. Banks on a plane, which I don't recommend because I was weeping in my seat. <laughs> and my dad is on this flight with me. And he like, you know, walks the couple of rows back to like, and I'm like three minutes to the end and I have to take my head off. So I'm like, Dad, I'll talk to you in a minute. Can I have like five minutes? Because I'm crying. And then later I was like telling my mom, I was like, yeah, I was watching Saving Mr. Banks. She's like, oh can't believe he came and tried to talk to you at the end of saving mr banks lots of the gall of the The man um but yes so i like i think emily blunt like totally makes sense but if i am seeing this Mm. film or version of this film done today I had two choices, both incredibly different. The first is Philippa Sue, who is uh, 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 Eliza Schuyler in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And uh, is she just, I think, has very similarly to Julie Andrews, like uh, this grace and this ease, but a, like beautiful actor, great sense of humor. Um, yeah, I think that's great. I think great it's casting. really center of the bullseye fit for like what you want this this character 
to to be. So I think she'd be great. My other choice, and this is very different, I think, than you would expect, but I think Beanie Feldstein would be really fun in this role. It would be very different. Yeah. But I don't think in a bad way. I think in a way that would be really effective and fun. I think she's, you know, really charming and uh, obviously like a great screen presence. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'm interested. I don't know how her soprano is, uh, but, you know. We've seen her on the Broadway. She was in Hello, Dolly with uh, Bette Midler and David High Pairs. Bette Midler. Um, But yeah, so those were, I mean, I had like other thoughts are like, obviously, like you have like an Amy Adams or Kristen Bell, like people who Mm. like, but even that they both. Kristen Bell did do, I think, is is either Funny or Die or College Humor or she was playing Mary Poppins and like for a sketch, which. I mean, like both of them, like we've seen them do the disney literal disney princesses mm-hmm. there's giselle and then there's anna. anna i believe it's pronounced anna um princess anna yeah trust i've been corrected by children <laughs> um <laughs> so, always great to be corrected by a child isn't it especially when they're right um so they've both done literal disney princesses yeah. but also like they both have done roles with a lot of like grit and backbone and that sort of thing so like i know they could do it but i'm I'm really more into these other casting options. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, I could think of no one else for 1964's Mary Poppins, but like made, uh, removing from time, uh, I was like, I could see young Glenn Close. We know she, oh, interesting. I, we, we know course. she sings between Sunset Boulevard and like early on Barnum, um, mm-hmm. which is what I first knew her from in terms of singing. Wow, that's niche. I know, but I really <laughs> liked Barnum. I really liked the score. There were just like really good songs in it. This is a scoop. Well, hot scoop, hot scoop. Um, uh, there's just something about her. I could just see the like, I love you kids, but like I, the stern, there's also that like oh, for sure. severity. Oh, uh, so I think we understand yeah, that right, Glenn Close right, yeah. will bring the severity. <laughs> uh, and similarly, because of one of her most iconic performances, I kind of think if it was a young Imelda Staunton as Mary oh. Poppins, because we all, everyone knows her oh. as Umbridge, where she's the, literally the worst. But if you're taking that, but diluting it through the, like the sweetness of Mary Poppins, she like. So she is incredible in oh, everything. Of course. In she her, sure is. Her in Sense and Sensibility, she's just like this, oh. like, spongy bright little daffy comedic clown oh it's great like, it's just because so many people only know her as umbridge right. and nothing else or know that she like was in gypsy you know more recently if that. yeah and exactly. i mean that was still like it wasn't stateside so exactly if, you know i think it was on like pbs's like great performances mm-hmm. but it's very easy for people to be like oh yeah oh yeah umbridge. umbridge but also like if you i mean i haven't watched that in in ages but like one of the things that makes her umbridge so good is that just like that light sweetness that you know is fake and hiding deep, deep rage and and cruelty. But like you just kind of dial that to a slightly different number and you get, you get the poppins. You get the poppins. Uh, I mean, Umbridge is also gaslighting those kids. She's using them for psychology. They they both operate from the same playbook. They're opposite sides of the same coin. Mary Poppins is just a chaotic good. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't think that umbridge is lawful evil mm, yeah she is yeah okay so not the same whatever same coin but they're still they're still like in the same totally. realm but they're just you're plunking them into different uh-huh, categories uh-huh. Uh, but back to julie andrews so andrews also a lot of hesitation with taking the part of mary poppins because she was really hoping that jack warner would ask right. her to start as eliza doolittle in the film of my fair lady because she originated the role on broadway she sure did and she the day Warner Brothers announced that Audrey Hepburn was Eliza. Next day, she committed to Mary Poppins. It worked out great for both of them. It did. I uh, mean, more for Julie Andrews. Yes. But, yes. but I think well, despite the fact that she's not singing, 
I think Audrey Hepburn is Audrey lovely Hepburn's in great My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. Um, no I, which I've not seen. I've not seen the film of My Fair she, Lady. She is some iconic, like, yeah. when I, because I did My Fair Lady in high school, and it was really hard for me to separate the line readings that, that uh, Audrey Hepburn did. But I mean, like, with Julie Andrews, you're getting the full performance because she can right. do all the things. Right. But also, right, it was right. just much more common in the 60s to dub somebody. Yeah, no, true. Uh, so... Because Julie Andrews, Julie Andrews, of course, won the Oscar, uh, whereas Audrey Hepburn was not even nominated. Mm -hmm. But uh, they were both up for the Golden Globes, which Julie Andrews also won. So when she won the Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Leading Role in Comedy or Musical, she thanked Jack Warner for, quote, <gasps> making a wonderful movie and making it possible in the first place for her to win. <laughs> She, you know, we all think of Julie Andrews as being so sweet, but uh-uh. She also apparently, like, has the filthiest mouth. Like, oh, from, I'm surprised. Uh, I've had friends who've worked with her, and they're just like, oh, she's the best. Swears like a sailor. I mean, she was married to Blake Edwards. Like, I mean, that's going to yeah. tell you a lot. Yes, that is true. Uh, and apparently P.L. Travers approved of her casting after hearing her only on the telephone like in one she talked to her once wow. and was like great she's great and she but andrews granted the interview from her bed after the delivery of her daughter <laughs> wow well you know are, are you done there julie can you you got a phone call sometimes sometimes when you are ill or exhausted takes the give, pressure off you give a better audition because you're like i can't work yeah. up the I, energy I, to overcompensate i don't got time to worry about this i just gave birth yeah. if i get this wouldn't that be great yeah if not i have a i have an infant screaming <laughs> in the other room <laughs> yeah and uh i mean this led directly to this is 64 sound of music was 65 because mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Wise and Ernest Lehman visited the set of Mary Poppins to view the rushes of Julie Andrews' performance, and she was cast immediately in Sound of Music. Well, it's a based big on the strength duh. of that visit. I know, but it's still like you know her big screen debut, yeah. and like you don't know how it's gonna shake out. But you're 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 gonna watch some rushes, and you're like, great. And that, now you've got two big starring roles, one after the other. You win yeah. the Oscar for the first. Uh, true, I will say that especially. Back in the day when you were pulling more people from Broadway, well, you're pulling people from Broadway for like TV and film all the time now. But like, if someone can play the lead on Broadway for however long X number, like, it's not like it's two totally different businesses. You can, there's still not. like people who like produce in both. So it's like, oh, yeah. you can, you can be like, all right, well, if you could play Guinevere and Eliza and all this, and you look good on camera, you're going to be fine doing this, you know? Oh, I agree. I, I, I do feel though, you know, uh, Philippa Sue is not, did not go for, I mean, cause it, she was in great comedy of 1812 and yeah. Hamilton and then Amelie, which yeah. of course is not as big of a hit as those first two, but those first two great comedy of 1812 and especially Hamilton. And it's not like someone then like, great, let's put her in the lead of a big film, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I absolutely agree. It, it can happen. It certainly happened a lot more than uh, I think it'd be great. It does. You know, Leslie Autumn Jr. is popping up in films, but it's still not like a big splashy lead. He's yeah. like supporting roles in Murder on the Orient Express. And he's supposed to be really good in this uh, One Night in Miami mm. film that just came out that I believe Regina King just directed. Didn't David just get some big TV show? David or... did. Well, he's on Snowpiercer with Jennifer right. Connelly. And uh, he he's popping up in stuff. Like he's in more films mm -hmm. he's in like uh, a few things but i mean really like if anyone him... it's like lynn you know is the one that sure. you know sure, because sure, also sure. he can just like write stuff for himself to do yeah i else. mean david had that film blind spotting that was like a co-lead but that was also like one that i think he might have co-written or he mm -hmm. had like also behind you know someone wasn't plunking like plucking him out like here let, let's put you in this yeah. it's still something he's trying to get off the ground uh and david diggs is so 
talented. So I'm glad good. that he's in as much as he is, but it's like, yeah, give him like lead roles. Yeah. Give him like, he's, I mean, put him front and center. They're all incredibly talented, but David Diggs is one of those you're like, how is he not an absolute superstar that everyone in the world knows? Yeah. Like, it is kind of mind boggling. True. Um, but let's talk about some of the actors who okay. actually were considered. So keeping in mind that Disney had been trying to make Mary Poppins for a while. Mm. It took so long to get P.L. Travers to agree. And she didn't even then agree to sign over the rights. She first, they only had like pretty much her word. So it wasn't until she flew over and, you know, if you watch Saving Saving Mr. Mr. Banks, Banks. it's all about having to actually get her to sign away the rights. Um, So Walt Disney had Betty Davis in mind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so by 1964, Betty Davis was doing Dead Ringer, where she was playing her own like twin who takes over the life of her twin, uh-huh. and Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Oh, wow. So that's like where we were at with Betty Davis. This is she post, was in full camp mode. Post whatever happened to Baby Jane. Like of like imagining going from whatever happened to Baby Jane to playing Mary Poppins is kind she's of hilarious. Playing to Maxine and Night of the Iguana. You know, she's not. She, right on, like, on broadway because she wasn't in the movie of that i don't think i think it's ava gardner oh you're right but movie. she definitely did it on she broadway. did it on, right I, apparently she was a big <laughs> that's why the broadway had a rough run uh-huh. um, but she yeah she was doing hush hush yeah. sweet charlotte which i didn't know much about we don't need to get in hush hush sweet charlotte but i didn't know that like joan crawford had like filmed most of that movie and then got like kind of fired uh and they had to replaced by uh uh, uh betty no, no, no. By it was supposed to be a oh, reunion by... of Joan and Betty, but then Joan got fired and it got oh, replaced by Olivia, uh, Olivia, de Olivia de Havilland. Yeah. Anyway, th- we're not doing an episode on uh, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, but maybe we'll do that someday. Ooh. Although that might be the only <laughs> casting, may have already blown alternate it. casting. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, Betty Davis as Mary Poppins. Now you've seen probably more Betty Davis films than I have. I guarantee you, I have. Jeff, does Betty Davis sing? Did she ever sing in anything? I have not heard her sing in anything, but that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. This is true. This um, is true. She also, when she was younger, definitely played a lot, a lot uh, softer characters. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, she's always someone with a backbone. She's never like a, a shrinking violet is the phrase I was looking for. But her as Mary Poppins is shocking to me. <laughs> That's fascinating. I mean, I guess like it depends on how long a while is that they've been trying to work True. on this because 1950 is all about eve mm. and she's she's not old in that film but a lot of the film is about like you know the younger generation coming up right. and like moving into a different phase of your career and all of this yeah. opposed to having a 20 something julie andrews yeah i think she, maybe she was early 30s i think she was 30, 30. when it came like out okay. I, I think yeah. if, I'm, if my math is right or like yeah. like 29 something like that yeah. but late 20s yeah um well what do you think of this uh years earlier which also kind of stinks. So bef- this uh, immediately after this, then then Disney like was like, oh, you know what? Let me try to get the rights to Mary Poppins. Maureen O'Hara approached oh. him about making a film version for her to star in. Uh, so Maureen O'Hara, the for those who don't know, The Quiet Man, Miracle on 34th Street, and The Parent Trap. Um, but what do you think of that? A Maureen O'Hara. I love that. As Mary it's, Poppins. I mean, she's definitely, she's, she's a... I don't know. She's like a little softer because she's got mm-hmm. more like because of the era in which she came up more like old Hollywood glamour yeah. than, than Julie Andrews had or, or ever had, you know. But um, I don't think that that's I don't think that that is detrimental. I think yeah. she'd be lovely. Great. I really like Maureen O'Hara. Cool. That's fun. Love it. Uh, Shirley MacLaine <gasps> wanted the role, which I love. I love that. I love Shirley uh, MacLaine. And 
I'm, and we know she can sing and she can we dance, know she baby. Can sing, we know she can dance, and I'm delighted by that. I really like the idea. I like that. She's it, it's a it's a more chipper, uh, Mary maybe, but um, maybe young young Shirley MacLaine, yeah, because we're yeah. we're talking yeah 64 that's yeah, like I mean, right after the apartment yeah the apartment is 1960 and that is like still i mean still backbone still you know oh, no, such she's, like yeah she's yeah. i when i said chipper i didn't mean like mm. uh you know uh, like i'm a little bird right. when i think chipper i think oh so she also would be great as the the, the tweeting robin exactly she um, can also do double duty Who needs <laughs> when, I, when I think chipper i think more of winifred in terms of like that like daffy chip chipperness uh i get what you're saying though when yeah. you say chipper totally uh Mary Martin, oh Peter Pan herself, uh, Disney considered her. Well, and you know, um, she's used to the wire work. She- <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, Doesn't God. even need the umbrella. Oh, she's like, I've got it. Just some happy thoughts. I just got some happy thoughts, oh, baby. Dust and some happy thoughts and oh, flat, flat, flat. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Um. Uh, Wouldn't it be great if Peter Pan had to go tweet, tweet, tweet as he flapped around? If he had to flap his wings, if he had to flap his arms. It would be something, Jeff. I don't know if it would be. I think it'd be yeah, it'd be a great something. Uh-huh. It'd be something uh-huh. great. That's what it would be. Uh, <laughs> um, uh... <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, that's primarily that's only what I know Mary Martin from is Peter Pan. Is so Peter Pan. I feel like it. Well, I, I mean, I, I oh, so be... you have you seen South Pacific? I've not. I've not seen oh. the movie of South Pacific. See now, th- this is she's also as with many of these choices or some of these choices anyway. But she is one of the things about Mary Martin. She's just so American to me, which is is partially because I know her from. Oh, I mean, Peter Pan is supposed to be British, but she's she's right. not British and yeah. that. And then um, she's so so. Nellie Forbush is from a uh, hick from the stick. She's from Little Rock, Arkansas. I believe Mary Martin is from Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, the main character is South Pacific. And Nellie Forbush, yeah, Nellie yes, Forbush, but yeah. but Mary Martin herself is is Texan. Like oh. it is. It's just that. Hey y'all, it's me, Mary Poppins. It's me, Mary Poppins. Um, but no, it's just that sort of like American forthrightness and everything. Where, where with Julie Andrews, you get this authentic. Same thing with Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. You know, this very authentic like British reserve. Yeah. Um, well, may- maybe the movie instead. I mean, Peel Travers would have like died on the spot if it's like okay, so we're gonna make Mary American. So it's very British family, and then she comes in like, hey y'all, spoonful of brisket helps the medicine goes down. <laughs> Spoonful of molasses. <laughs> Spoonful uh, of fried butter makes the medicine go down. Mmm, brown butter. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, Mary Martin has never sounded like this uh, nigh on perfect impression that we're doing of her. But um, but it is Fair just enough. this kind of like really like forward energy kind yeah, of yeah. thing that like uh, that like Nellie Forbush has a song called Cockeyed Optimist where it's just you know it's everything is just very like ha um granted she's a wonderful actor so you know she's oh, sure. transformative but I think part of what I am responding to not liking as much is like she just seems so American to me totally. whereas like of course Shirley MacLaine is as well but she just doesn't read as aggressively American as Mary Martin does. I hear me. that. I hear that. Uh, speaking of American, Elizabeth Taylor was considered. Well, but she's half English. Oh, she is? Yeah, I believe. Oh. I could be wrong. I believe one of her parents is is English. Was she like raised some kind of like half and mm, half she, in the States? Man, and... all right. I, I hate to say these things on record, but I believe she like lived – until she was like nine in the UK. Okay. But I mean, then she was making movies when she was very young. But like, that's partially that's why she has like this like softened yeah. okay. kind of so accent. We, so we don't know. That's fine. I could, be, I could be mistaken because then. Because of that, never reads as like yeah. 
middle America, oh, you know, no, no. like, uh, to me, she like, which is partially why, like, the, the glamour and she's always playing these, like, really high status women is, you know, partially because, like, her accent is a bit more, could be a few different places, you know? Sure. No, definitely. I don't know about that if they do want her to sing. Um, yeah, I don't know if she but ever, if she sang. I love Liz Taylor. I mean, she's I'm great. A huge fan. Sure. So, um, man, and there's I think maybe their top like three most beautiful faces ever to grace the screen. This is true. Like, it's this it's true. impossible to look at that face and not be like. Uh. <laughs> Which I don't know if you necessarily need for Mary Poppins. No, but I was never of, like, mad what... about seeing her in a movie. Oh, sure. Also, that would have been a very different filming experience. This is very true. Uh, she's yeah. a lot, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine so. I have a hard time picturing Elizabeth Taylor as Mary Poppins. Well, it, it definitely, she probably would have pushed for some things by that point in her career that were a little, you know, less... Uh, julie andrews is not going to be making as much of a stir about how she's costumed how she's of made up not. how she's you know she's like i come from the theater i'm here to i worry about how i sound i'm just happy to be here liz taylor and cleopatra was legit like powdering her mouth so that like the inside of her mouth she's like well people will see it when i talk it's powdering? like we're talking what is she what, what do you mean powdering the inside of her mouth? she's like swallowing makeup she's like dab 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 with her compact this could be apocryphal like on her tongue yes just like, uh, uh, uh. yes she's like well Powdering i want to look beautiful everywhere the inside of her mouth it's a lot what she had grown up in the studio system like th- there was a lot there was a lot going on you, you know how you can like bleach your teeth so they're nice and white I yeah. bleach the eyeballs just bleach get nice the, and white i eyes. would not put it past her to do wow. like the reverse wow. bella lugosi yeah. and be like how do i make myself <laughs> more like grotesquely gorgeous right i'm just putting egg whites in my eyes not to make myself look like a monster man like bella lugosi but just so it looks like i've got nice white eyes. no no not even to bleach just keeping egg whites there on her eyes always (laughs) so that her eyes always look so white and look how pretty i look with my egg egg whites also it's so much less calories than full eggs um (laughs) now i like this option for mary poppins angela lansbury was considered We love. We love it. It's it's excellent casting. I would love that. You know, I mean she's a delight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think it's great. I I think it's great. Uh but let's move on to Admiral Boom. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Reginald Owen as Admiral Boom and who would you cast if you want to cast someone else? I mean, this is such a a very small role. Is their neighbor who's just firing off these cannons, possibly uh, murdering some uh, flying just flying possibly. nannies. Yeah, uh, I have not a lot about the performance. I just says, who is letting this lunatic fire a cannon in central London? Yeah, well, this constable, who I do love in his two oh, great scenes, especially that first, the first scene, this constable who gets brings the kids back, such a great, like, under underacting kites really lovely yeah it's being like trying to like oh we join your family and have some kites like oh this this patriarch needs to learn some lessons i think and then he gets out for the rest of the movie make a plate for Um, a cook or put something on a plate for you uh, constable i'm pretty sure the neighbor is uh firing live rounds off of his roof do you want to do something about that guy you want to do something about that mr mustache no no interesting um so yeah i don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is something that, like, any number of, like, wonderful character Disney actors, character yeah. actors. I will say, though, that because I go through and I, like, try to look for, like, who else was born this year around this year? He was born in 1887. This is the first actor 
that we have looked at for one of these that has been born prior to 1900. Um, <laughs> like other people, I think, I believe Bella Lugosi was like the number one of this oh, wow. year. Oh, like, like the same year? Yeah. There was pe- there were people in this. I was like, oh yeah, well they were definitely making movies, but they were like older oh, actors. there you go. Instead of firing the cannons, it's Bella Lugosi as the hunchback of Notre Dame, just ringing these bells on his rooftop every morning You were looking for vampires. Night? Maybe the vampire lives Amy, across the street. I'm always looking for vampires. <laughs> Seeking the vampires. That would be great. I mean, that would be great if Mary Poppins flew down her umbrella and like almost got clocked by a witch on a broomstick going by. <laughs> they just also happen to live in like a bunch of spooky, scary monsters running around. I I like it. Um, yeah, I kind of want the Hunchback of Notre Dame on this rooftop, just clanging his bells. Uh, and then they befriend him, and then they're like, "No, Hunchback, it's okay. We like you." Mary Poppins doesn't judge. Um, but who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Is this old? I, I don't have anyone. I said great Bella character Gossi. actors. Great character actor. Yeah. Great. I would want if it was made today. Just give me Michael Caine. Just give me Michael Caine. Is oh, just like yeah. I mean, oh. I, that, that is the thing. Michael Caine, I don't know if we're ever going to see Michael Caine standing in a movie again. Because uh, he's got, like, one scene in Tenet. And, like, the, I think the last three things I've seen him in, he is always sitting. I, I'm pretty sure it's a prerequisite in his contract. Like, I will only be seated well, maybe, for filming now. Well, maybe he has, like, some health stuff. So sure. So it's like, you That's want me in your possible. movie? Then I'm no, gonna, absolutely. I, I am always – did we need the scene of him in Tenet? No. Did I love it? Yes, because I'm always happy. And his name is Michael, so they they call oh, him lovely. they call him Sir Michael, and they're like, Amazing. "Thank you, Sir Michael." And like, that's all I want is people saying Sir Michael. Yeah. Uh, Speaking I adore of Sir, Sir Michael Michaels, actually, I don't know if this guy is a Sir, but like Michael Gambon. I'm like, pretty sure he, he's got to be a he's Sir. Be a sir. If you're if you're of that age and you've been in Harry Potter, you're a Sir. I'm sorry, that's them's the rules. That's how it went, I guess. But yeah, Michael Gambon would be great. Just someone who oh, yeah. like, yeah, I believe this guy was I like an that. admiral when he was like holding on to. You yeah, know? there is that. Give me Brian Cox also. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, like a certain yeah that where you're like. Like, yeah, you are someone who is – you got half half of your mind is here in present day and half of your mind is back in the battlefield, yeah. back on your boat. Uh, I dig that. Um, so one other actor is up for this role was Stanley Holloway, who oh. was busy filming My, My Fair, Fair Lady. Lady, getting his one and only Oscar nominee for playing Alfred Doolittle, Eliza's go. father. That so, makes a lot of sense. That would be yeah. a great casting option. Because yeah. as I said, I've not seen My Fair Lady, so I'm assuming he's – a delight in yeah, that film he's wonderful yeah. yeah jeff we gotta <laughs> fix this all right also a film that's like three hours long but i am but, down to but watch it this is show. one where there are a lot of mm-hmm. songs but yeah. they're good I, i've seen i saw the the most recent broadway revival right we with saw you together um so i've it's not like i've never seen the show but i've just i just but, not seen but the movie rex yet. harrison mm-hmm. sexy rexy oh sexy rexy that is sex, how he sex was harrison. known Sexy Rexy. Um, he's wonderful, and it is a delight, and all those character actors Sexy are just Rexy. wonderful. And Jeremy Brett, who we, go, we talked about on the pod, would go on to be one of the TV's Sherlock Holmes. It's Freddie Einsford Hill. And Anyway, we'll, we'll have to watch it. Whatever you want. Do you own it? Probably. Probably. Great. Listener, we still have DVDs. I love hard media. I mean, I just read an article today about like all the, so many films that are like, impossible to find um because they can't stream anywhere because like the rights are just held up so weirdly and it's like Mm -hmm. how you're gonna find these these films um and like occasionally they'll randomly pop up now in streaming services but so many films like that i'm glad that i have like sleuth which we love speaking of michael Caine, michael and lawrence olivier and sleuth hard recommend if you've never seen sleuth although it's so hard to find nowadays that's wild because it's like the dvd is like i guess out of print and it's just like it used to stream it um, used to, but exactly. I think Netflix has lost a lot of their streaming mm-hmm. rights. They to sure stuff. did. 
too Ugh. busy spending their money making a bunch of gar- new garbage that no one wants. Some of it's good. Some of it's good. Well, now they apparently just bought a bunch of, a bunch of films. They had like some teaser trailer for a lot of films that are coming oh, out this upcoming year. The one I'm mainly excited about is uh, this thriller, The Woman in the Window with Amy Adams that I show uh. you the trailer of with Amy Adams and Julianne Moore. Uh, that's very rear window. And Anthony Mackie and Jennifer Jason Lee, all, all kinds of fun actors. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I'm like, oh, like g- yes, give me all these Gary Oldman, all these fun actors are in this. But now that's coming to Netflix because it's like everyone's like, we don't know this next We're year at least. It's like does. let's just write off these films, yep. let's just sell them off to streaming and then like move them on from here. Yeah. And hopefully theaters aren't completely dead. What? Question mark. Um. Uh, yeah. Anyway, on that note, let's move on to George W. Banks. So. <laughs> Amy Banks, since this is who you, you got. Yeah. Uh, Amy Joe, your thoughts on David Tomlinson as Mr. Banks, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? So this guy is another Disney staple. Uh, speaking of Angela Lansbury, he and she star in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's wonderful. I think he just like captures this era of like Disney dad so yeah. well, oh, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, I think he's just so great. Um, I went through, I went through his IMDb earlier and like some of his early stuff he was doing in the forties was just like, it all just sounded like light British plays that had been put into a movie. One of which my favorite title was, is your honeymoon really necessary? <laughs> was the title. title of a movie. Oh, that's such a like British comedy of manners. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Is your honeymoon really necessary? <laughs> Anyway, it made me laugh really hard. Um, so as far as like contemporary guys, the two that were the most like, yeah, sure, were David Niven, who mm. is another kind mm-hmm. of, you know, I'm te- a yeah. bit more, a lot more prestige than than David, David Thomason, but yeah. um, another kind of like slightly straight laced and uh, that sort of, uh, I could see the arc. And then, because we talked about him last week, Roy Dotris. Um, yes. Who yes, I know from yes, Fairy Tale yes. Theater, but he is also the father in real life of the actress playing Jane, which is, I think, really right. fun to be right. like, because there was a while, a while back where I was like, why isn't Roy Dotris the dad in Mary Poppins? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. His daughter Karen is in it. Mm. David Tomlinson, who actually, mm-hmm. they look somewhat similar. I don't know if either of those gentlemen sing, um, uh, but you know he doesn't have a ton he has to do. He could Rex Harris in it. Apparently, this was David Tomlinson's. He was very nervous because he had never sung Aww. in like professionally in any capacity. I think he's very charming. I yeah. think he does such a great job of like playing this clown. You yeah. know, you I don't, don't need a great singer for this role. Absolutely not. That's not the point. Most of it's speak singing, and then let's go fly a kite, which is so like. Yeah, it's also like as as much as we've talked yeah. about how there are too many songs in this movie, like they're all written in a way that's going to allow the person that is singing them to execute them well. You know, Definitely. they're writing much harder, rangier stuff for Julie yeah. Andrews. Yeah, they're playing everyone's strong suits. Exactly. You know, they're not making him do insane, crazy, crazy legs dance moves like Dick Van Dyke. No. <laughs> Annoy. Um... But as far as like more contemporary people, I was like, if we were going to remake this film today, I kind of like, I don't know if this is a little strange. I like the idea of Raul Esparza, just as someone who's like sure. uptight. And ca- yeah. I feel like he, if he were younger, would be more of a Bert. Um, but I think maybe because I'm also thinking Definitely. of like. Um, Definitely a Bert, Bert yeah. type that Raul Esparza, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because well, also he played Caractacus Potts on Broadway, he which did. is another I Dick Van Dyke role. twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it. <laughs> None. Um, but 
I don't know. I feel like he, he having seen him on stage a number of times too, he like does this kind of like uptight thing quite, yeah. quite well. Uptight in a, in a status way. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wound a little too tight. And then, and this is also very different, but like John Lithgow, I thought oh, would be really uh, fun. Absolutely. I mean, it's just finding, yeah, high status clowns who you just love to see them so like strict and so like. And then release. Unflappable. Right. And then to just like let them be clowns and then let's just be silly uh i think that's great i thought david tomlinson looked a little like toby jones oh. and i was like oh that's someone who you know so many so many character actors supporting turns and i was like i, I could see him as like the, the, the dad that's like what 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 do you mean what do you mean that you're suddenly now hiring yourself and then to suddenly like be let's go fly a kite uh so i would be worried toby jones was going to murder the children but what? you know why because he plays a lot of bad guys <laughs> some some bad guys i guess he was he was a real murderous psycho on that one episode of sherlock oh man well yeah that's why very, they like didn't try scary. to bury the lead on that They're i know like, we've I know. cast we know, toby we know, jones you know in a guest the spot of this episode we're gonna go with um, it yeah sure sure um but similarly i was like once again Give me that David High Pierce. Just give me oh, the like, yeah. Yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah, just having Mary Poppins run in circles around him, and he's like, no, no, no. And then, well, now we're all gonna have fun. Very Vanya Sonia, Masha Spike kind of energy of yeah. like, give him a, give him a ten minute monologue, oh, absolutely of rage, right? In terms of if you to cast someone British, which would be helpful. I was like, if this is made today, I think actually Colin Firth would be delightful. Mm, yeah, absolutely, uh, was would be what I want. I mean, if this was clearly earlier, uh, and Alan Rickman. Of course, of course, but just especially him, like someone that's like, oh yeah, this is not someone that you would blow your mind. Like this person would never be singing "Let's Fly a Kite," and to yeah. have that person do it is what really I think is like what makes you really feel is like to get say, someone would never be singing. I'm like, well, we got his judge in <laughs> in Sweeney Todd, yes. right? Well, exactly. So he can sing enough, but no, no, no. To have someone that you're like, because David Hyde Pierce, you're like, yeah, of course, you're, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're gonna, gonna come you're around. Gonna but to get someone That's that you really point. don't think they would, I had this uh, directing teacher in college who like would talk about trying to like thinking about casting in the way that's going to create the most tension for the viewer he's like so you look at kenneth branagh and and uh, uh emma thompson in their much ado he was like of course those two people are going to get together like also i know they're together in real life during the yep. making of this he's like but you look at those people and of course like they're beautiful and they're this they belong together he's like i would go with like people that like he's incredibly short she's incredibly tough they just like maybe are not like the most attractive people in the room and then they happen to like get together he's like that is more interesting to me and yeah I was like, yeah so if uh much you do about nothing was danny devito and uh i don't know pick a really tall woman Gwendolyn of a similar Christie. age well i was thinking of, of what's her name from uh uh, uh the harry potter world the very tall Oh, Francis Delatour. Francis Delatour. There you go. Francis Delatour and Danny DeVito in Much Ado About Nothing. I would love. Oh, Francis Delatour. I mean, give me Francis Delatour in everything. Oh, man. See, I mean, like, there's a lot of ways to do a thing. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. casting, yeah. so many options. So, there's so many ways to go. But, but, I, I, but, but to I think your Dave point, like, this. Yeah. I think that, yes, David Hyde Pierce is someone here, like, he'll come around. He'll come you around. Know? But yeah, getting someone that, like, it is one of the things that made, I've not seen it forever, but one of the things that made me <laughs> tear up watching Little Miss Sunshine uh, mm. in theaters is having someone like Greg Kinnear, that not like you would never believe that he could be someone that could, like, let his hair down, but he's he's just so uptight in that film mm. and so for the end when he's like 
all right, honey, like get off the stage because you're like embarrassing yourself. And then it'd be like, oh no, actually, who cares? I'm going to embarrass myself. And like, yeah, I'm going to dance. We're just going to dance. And I'm going to like be a good dad and just like su- support my daughter and love my daughter. And you're like, I never would have seen Greg Kinnear, how he spends 80% of that film. Yeah. You never see him doing that. So it's like someone like that. I was like, if he could sing like Paul Giamatti is so like someone that like as yes. Mr. Banks, you're like, well, this guy's not. This actually young Michael Caine. Thinking of Muppet Absolutely. Christmas Carol, My- Michael Caine. I was just like, oh, this guy's not going to be dancing with a puppet rabbit. But then he will. Uh, and that that's what I want. Like that <laughs> level of like unflappable, like, no, no, no. Um, to then be uh, singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would love. Uh, so David Tomlinson also voices several of the animated characters in the chalk sequence oh, drawing sure, sequence uh, including one of the penguin waiters and the jockey who allows mary poppins to pass on the carousel mm-hmm. horse which he's racing and he is the voice of the parrot umbrella handle at the end of the I film that. that's wonderful <laughs> which i love because that's like so what a random random uh, but if you've got someone who's good at character voices it's like we're gonna put you to work my friend yeah uh so right off the bat up for mr banks george sanders oh i well i knew that would get that reaction for you amy joe okay talk about someone you don't expect to be singing about kites george sanders has one of the most beautiful voices yes for for listeners who don't know uh all about eve shere khan from jungle Jungle book is where we all know him as kids and and rebecca are probably some of his biggest those are his biggest all about eve where he won his oscar yes yes for playing addison to it but he has one of the most glorious beautiful baritone voices if you watch call me madam you can hear him singing and be like whoa whoa like apparently he was there's some story about him like singing somewhere or rehearsing for something and some person who was at the rehearsal was like i can get you an audition with the met like i know these people at the met and he was like i have no interest in that yeah (laughs) Uh, no thank you but like the fact that they're like wow you're you could sing opera at the metropolitan opera so he's probably okay is what so he could handle the vocal demands of (laughs) George Banks. <laughs> Let's go fly a kite. Mary Poppins as this like four hour opera. <laughs> I adore George Sanders. Uh, oh, it's great. An incredible voice. Um, yeah. That is, that Voce is also someone who like, like absolutely yeah. do not expect ever. Also because of what he brings with him. Mm. Audiences at the time, because uh, as we said, all about Eve was 1950. Rebecca was 1940. He's been around uh, being... Yeah sour and like acidic (laughs) for years so to believe that this guy right right is gonna be like (laughs) has children for one you know but number two then is gonna like make a kite with them like that's a journey yeah he's gonna make a kite with them he's not going to eat he's not gonna eat his children he's gonna make a kite with them it's surprising from this giant the voice of a giant tiger yeah yeah uh which i love but speaking of uh disney films with jungle book uh terry thomas who is the voice of sir hiss in disney's robin hood amazing see disney you know like in the studio systems they're like well we're gonna use our actors a lot this is kind of wild considering how old he was at the time but apparently donald sutherland was considered for mr banks wow. he would have been in his late 20s so he would have been very young well in his career yeah but including he's of someone what he had who been in i thought of him for that he was on my list of like but from a, a more recent yeah, yeah not i mean i think it's a great cast i mean think of him in like yeah i mean he's very sweet in pride and prejudice but even it, it very not 
But he does. He's got I mean, range. Yeah. Oh, the man has he sure range. Does. No, I love Donald I love, Donald I love that casting. I think that casting is phenomenal. It's wonderful. Uh, I always love seeing Donald Sutherland pop up at things. He always feels like someone that just never became as famous as, as it he, feels like. As a lot of his peers did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but, but not, works not nonstop. A, no Oscar nominations for Donald Sutherland. How? Which seems bananas to that me. It does. Right. I feel like he's someone like Christopher Plummer, who, like, is he's Donald Sutherland is going to finally get an Oscar nomination, like, in two years yeah. and win. And then he'll get, like, three more nominations. Yes, yes. And then like, he'll star in a, a Knives Out sequel. Uh, <laughs> more Knives. I would love. Oh, him is like uh, some rival author, yes, or something. I mean, Christopher Plummer is already, you know, spoilers is the one who gets knifed out of that film. But <laughs> Donald Sutherland is like his or his like irascible brother who shows up like wanting a piece of the money or something. Or I mean, it'll just be a completely different mystery that Daniel Craig will be solving, of yes, course. Yes, yes. Um, but let Donald Sutherland be like a patriarch, a patriarch. of some other family or whatnot. yeah. Maybe somebody else dies, so we get a lot of scenes with him maybe being the. Yeah, yeah. I, I always love seeing Donald Sutherland pop oh, yeah. up. And that sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Mr. Banks, and one was not. Amy Joe is to guess which is which. Your options are... Lay it on me. Richard Harris. Mm. Lawrence Olivier. Mm-hmm. And James Mason. Fascinating. Well, fascinating that two of these people were up for it. So Richard <laughs> Harris, when was Camelot? I think Camelot was right after this. I think Camelot was like 67, but I could be wildly misremembering. But I do think it was more of a late 60s situation if I'm thinking about the I make up alone. I'm feeling like my brain's going to explode trying to figure out... <laughs> Trying to figure out how you tried to trick me. Well, I don't want to explode your brain. No? No, I don't. Um, James Mason was huge at this time. Um, so weird to think of him in this role, but at the same time, you know, he was very well known. So it might be like a good option for them. Uh, who is the other one? I've lost my brain. Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier. Oh, that guy. That oh, guy. Larry Olivier. I'm Larry Oliver. Of, I'm trying to think of Lawrence Olivier touching a Disney film. You know what I mean? I think it's actually a really good option, but I'm trying to think of the logistics of them being like, you know who we should get? Never underestimate a dump truck full of money. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. And he's English. And uh, they're definitely known for doing everything. Um, even if you are Laurence Olivier, Mr. It's just a RC. job. As, as you you told me many times, you're like, for, for the for the Brits sometimes, like why Michael Caine has made such a direct. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like just a job. It's a job. It's a paycheck. You go in and you who do cares? the thing. You're in, you're out. I'll go to another it's film not a and moral go be failing. brilliant. I'll go do some Shakespeare over here, and then I'll go make uh, Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. Go buy my house. I'm going to say Richard Harris. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. I'm going to say Olivier. That is correct. As okay. far as I could tell, Lawrence Olivier was not up for Mr. Banks, but Richard Harris and James Mason were. I Yeah. I mean, I think my thinking was Olivier is not yeah. going to play Mr. Banks, but... But I was thinking that Richard Harris still, wasn't as known you know, for you know, doing musicals. Just because you're considered for something doesn't mean that you're considering it. That's a good point. <sighs> just because, yeah, especially if you're of a of an ilk, yeah. you can have Walt Disney being like, "Oh, let me try and get this performer," and then being like, Wh "I'm why? James no. Mason." I don't want to do that. But James Mason was at least considered. I don't I know if he that. I auditioned really or what, but he was at least, con at the very least, was considered mm -hmm. by those involved which i think richard harris and james mason are both fine options for this i don't, I don't feel like super strongly one way or the I other i think james mason is the best choice out yeah. of all of those I in so it. far as like 
I can, I don't know. I can just see it sitting on him quite I, I really see that unflappableness of the, of the, the first, like, and then nine the, like, tenths I of mean, the film. I mean, he's such a wonderful actor. I can really see the kind of, like, what have I done really uh, landing yeah. in him quite, quite clearly. Um, Richard Harris was just still such a, like, <laughs> Hollywood British bad boy at this yeah, point oh, in time. That it feels yeah. weird to him be a, a dad. The King of England in ancient times musicalized feels different than let me be this like banker Mm. you know (laughs) let me be this banker yeah i hear that uh great so let's move on our final uh actor with some other options up for them is uh our final character that is is bert so amy joe your thoughts on dick dick van dyke and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else all right to be clear I love Dick Van Dyke. And also, to be clear, I love Dick Van Dyke in this movie. Yeah. But his accent is a nightmare. It should have been dubbed. It, if he was dubbed, it would be a perfect performance. He should, if, if he were just allowed to be American, yeah. this would be yeah. perfection. He's like, he's so funny. He's like, so uses everything he does well and is, is trying. But like, I'm watching this as a professional dialect coach, looking at it like, this is this is like a nightmare of mine is having to work with a famous person who is very good tempered and trying very hard but n- just not able to retain like that's what i'm seeing yeah. when i see this as someone who's just not this is just not an area where he has like a lot of alacrity and so like you can hear him really leaning into some sounds and then other ones he's just not thinking about it and that's a really hard thing to teach we were about one minute into this film and I almost said that we need to put the subtitles on because I didn't understand a single word that he was saying. He's he's trying so hard. Like, you know, and I've been, I have mercifully, most of the famous people I've worked with have been able to pick stuff up pretty well, yeah. you know, or like they put in the time. Something that I dread is thinking like, ooh, all right, I'm getting hired to work like as a consultant with just this one person on a project. What if they're terrible and you know sometimes you only have like an hour hour and a half session with a person and sometimes you're there on on set or at rehearsal sometimes you're there to but if they're not if it's just like one time or a few times but they're not going to put in the work even if you're there sometimes there's only so much you can do if it's just not something that they have had the time to backlog you know there's someone like like i worked with wayne brady and i've never found someone pick something up so quickly and then retain it so well like we didn't i love that we did like a little brush he like had to rehearse really early because he had to go back to la to film some stuff so like he had like a month and a half off before he came back to formally start rehearsing i was like okay we should do a brush up and i was like you don't even need me anymore (laughs) you're perfect guy's a pro that way well yeah absolutely um but anyway i i love dick fed in this movie but like they were very smart to then in chitty chitty bang bang be like don't even just just don't even try just be you because then it's like i kind of don't like and normally i'm able to listen to bad accents and go like "Eh, that's it's fine i can let it go this was just continually astonishing (laughs) me um but anyway i i do think he's a delight um oh and he this morning i was just announced he is getting a kennedy center that's honor uh, which has a this timing for us to be chatting about old dick van dyke Dyke. i love dick van dyke oh he's a I loved, because I've not seen that Mary Poppins Returns, you better believe that I, as soon as I saw that there was a clip, I immediately watched the clip on YouTube of him 
in Mary Poppins Returns oh. as like Mr. Dawes. I think he's like the grandson of Mr. Dawes Sr. in this uh-huh. um, of him dancing on a table where I'm like, you are in your 90s, sir. You're in your 90s and you are dancing in a way that on a bad day might I might injure myself doing the same moves. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, if you watch. I might roll an ankle if, if, you, I, if I was dancing on a table the way and, he's doing. And you are not in your 90s yet. Um, this, uh, if you watch Diagnosis Murder, like his actual son it plays mm-hmm. his son in the show and like it's 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 really fun but it's just like they find excuses for him to like sing and dance and all these things that there's no reason other than like of course delight us please oh, does he play his own twin brother who's british and an actor so he it's just like to mirror you know that he wrote? doesn't you know <laughs> that he doesn't but he does play an entire family um just well, there could have been like british. oh and there's my uh you know my uncle who's british well you know but that's what i'm saying Dawes senior he is still doing a bit of a british accent yeah, but he's doing a character voice he's doing but a character voice which i think helps i think it's the cockney specifically that's really tripping him it's up. again if, it's if you were doing RP, changes. maybe I don't know. I don't know. I've not looked through his filmography. Maybe he's done RP and like a more of just like a upper class British. I wouldn't be surprised if he did better with that than this. I will say real quick, he because he was asked. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, of course, he's been asked many oh, times yeah. about his notorious and he's very accent about it. in this movie. So he stated that his accent coach was the English of Irish extraction, J. Pat O'Malley, who Dick Van Dyke says, "quote." didn't do an accent any better than I did. So I don't know. If <gasps> that it... also can't help. Yeah. Right. And in 2017, Van Dyke was selected to receive an award from the BAFTAs uh, at the time, which he said, I appreciate this opportunity to apologize to the members of BAFTA for <laughs> inflicting on them the most atrocious Cockney accent in the history of cinema. And one of the chief executives of BAFTA responded, we look forward to his acceptance speech and whatever accent he chooses on the night. We have no doubt it will be supercalifragilisticexpialidocious which i thought was very charming that's funny to know that the coach was also irish like because they have a similar r coloring to an american accent which is a lot of what he was really struggling with to my ear is like he's just there's stray r's everywhere that needed to be dropped and to go away and to morph into something else (laughs) oh dear oh dear anyway um so i have a variety of very different thoughts as far as two people who were born the same year oh who I was like, either of these would be great. We have Donald O'Connor, which seems like don't that is top of my list. Uh, is Donald I'm O'Connor singing in the rain? Donald O'Connor make them laughs. Donald, Donald Con- O'Connor. I don't know how his British accent is, but I like, I don't care. It, you know, it can't be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it's worse. I know that silhouette anyway. Um, and then the other person who was like this is really fun again no idea if this guy can do a british accent either sammy davis jr <gasps> oh i love it I, he is Ooh, so charming love 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 it's just like you just want someone who is like a really charming like yeah co-conspirator with mary and like i think either of those guys have the same charisma that dick van dyke does uh, yeah i mean just thinking of the dancing alone that he does that's why donald o'connor oh, yeah. really sprung to mind like i'm like character actor incredible dancer so funny someone that you see and you'd be and like can sing you and know, can yeah. sing and like someone that you see and you'd be like yeah you're working uh four jobs as a one-man <laughs> band a chimney sweep and like yeah donald o'connor donald o'connor is like i agree but mm-hmm. but i love love uh sam davis jr's yeah. action too um a couple of other people that are still a bit more in uh like not a contemporary take on it like a jerry orbach oh sure who what a delight um very different but dudley moore yes i that was thinking a, dudley too yeah love like that like comedic we know he's british that helps <laughs> we know that we know that a young tim curry 
maybe. Ooh, a little ooh, more edge of danger, but yeah. very playful. We know he sings. Old we know Franken he's British. Himself, yeah. And we know he's British. For more contemporary, top of my list, and this is a little niche, but I don't think so because I think a lot of people saw this, is uh, Justin Cornwell, who is young Forrest Whitaker in Jingle Jangle. <gasps> Okay. And like, I know we only had like one yeah. big number with him, mm-hmm. but oh my goodness. I yeah. was like, incredible. I love Forrest Whitaker, but can we get more of this guy? Yeah. Highly like, recommend. If you've not seen Jingle Jangle, oh, I mean, it, it doesn't matter that we're past Christmas, still watch it and then make it a regular watch for your holiday season because it's a delight of a film. I didn't the know it was going to be a numbers, musical. The musical numbers are incredible. And yes, this opening number it's like a yeah pre it's like a pro a prologue yeah. like or like and then we like, like a, flash kind of a forward yeah yeah uh and yeah this guy is rad just this guy rules such charisma what a voice i was just like number one also I was so taken aback because i didn't really this is a musical until this moment yeah. so i was very swept <laughs> up in it and the whole like the costumes and the way it shot but i was like this guy is a star so i would say yeah uh justin cornwell who i hope there's we see more of him same um and then other more contemporary people i was like like jake gyllenhaal makes sense oh mr music oh, mr. mr music is a one-man himself. band you can see I it no I, I think that's a little too scary for I, me i agree it's a little <laughs> deranged but again you know apparently peel travers thought this was too sweet of a version so oh, you know um yeah. and then like uh you know 15 years ago hugh jackman you know yeah sure. like th- as far as like who makes sense yeah. who likes to do this stuff you know who I actually thought this I just like- want someone who can very easily slide into that they're a very safe man yes because he's he's around mary poppins and mary it's very very notable notable in the film that they're like nothing's happened between them they are very much friends yeah. and platonic but then that he is someone that needs to find the kids when they're running away and be, and be like okay now this grown man is with these kids yeah. and someone that for the mom you to, you need to believe at least to an extent that this mom is like okay stay with this man sure. and dick yeah. van dyke you're like oh you're fine yeah, with yeah, yeah. dick van dyke and hugh jackman when he's not screaming like wolverine and like when he's not like as bulked up as can be right then he, i you, yeah you're like oh yeah i trust my child with you hugh jackman yeah. so i do like I and do if like this that. is a non-musical version i kind of want david tennant great i think he's great for some reason i was like i no, can actually absolutely. see this yeah. like and he's very transformative and i you mean know, the next doctor does sing matt smith because he did american psycho in the west end oh that's so i could right. also see matt smith oh that's actually that's that's great i would prefer is, david tennant but matt smith is also incredibly charming and yeah, very tall absolutely and, and but david tennant from just an acting standpoint i think you're so right yeah. that's right on the money of what i want um i mean that's one of the things that makes dick van dyke so great is that he's he's very funny and he's like a total goof but also like really has depth as an actor and like yeah. you just you know you just like i don't know he has like a vulnerability even when it's not like required it's the best kind of clown it's the clown where it's underneath all that is the sad clown but you just never see it you might just see the smallest hint of like who who is this guy who is this guy bert it's like you know don't be don't be so long this time mary like like, you're here to brighten up my life like uh, now i'm gonna have some more magic in my life like i can't jump into a chalk artist i try chalk painting i try but that doesn't do anything i need Mm -hmm. mary to do that like and I want my friend. I want this this woman that uh, you know, there's like a, there's you could read so much of subtext and all of their yeah. their friendship and what's going on there. Um, but I think that he just does so much with like and her as well with stuff something that could be so easily surface. Both yeah. those roles could so easily just live on the surface and especially Julie Andrews of what she does like why she won an Oscar for this when yeah. you're like well what actually 
she's singing incredibly. Who is this she's singing. Person? She's dancing. Yeah. But like of yeah, who who from like a an arc standpoint, you know, it's not like at the end that she's like, I can't bear to leave these kids and I have to. It's like this is how it is. This is how it must be. And it's just like the smallest hint of like, you know, your parrot umbrella handle being like, Yeah. Dude, like you don't have Listen, to Listen, David. Quiet your beak. <laughs> Was it named David the parrot? No, David oh. Tomlinson. Oh, well, but it is named. She does. I think she, I thought she did have some name oh, for it. But I was does. like, this parrot's got a name. I couldn't believe. I could not believe that we're at the end of this two hour, 20 minute movie. And this parrot umbrella handle suddenly decides to speak. Whereas I had forgotten he didn't talk the whole movie. It, you would. How does he not? How does he not talk every now and again to like butt up and Mayor Poppins to have to like shut his mouth while so mr banks is like what what who's what did you say I'm like nothing nothing nothing, nothing. it was my umbrella it was my talking. umbrella oh never mind what what <laughs> uh yeah donald o'connor top of the list the only other two people that came to mind i love all your options especially i love david tennant and w Moore. i was like if this is made much later gregory hines can also oh, see just yes. of other people that yes. are incredible dancers who and have so such charming. charisma yeah. yeah exactly or steve martin and it's oh, not no, exactly I what I want, but like he is like he's doing the dancing. I don't know if he could actually sing. It's a very particular uh, version of Bert, but I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I, I did think like briefly about like Robin Williams, like a young Robin, like so, right. it's a, which to me feels kind of similar when yeah. you're going with a, yeah. a comic Absolutely. who is also a good actor. So Dick Van Dyke considers this the best movie in which he's appeared. Uh, but maintains to this day that he was somewhat miscast as Bert, and he thought it should have been one of the following two actors. Uh, speaking of Barnum, Jim Dale. Oh, great. Who great most people choice. probably know as Dr. Terminus and Pete's Dragon mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like his movie career. But like, man, just him and Barnum, like what a what a charactery actor, singer, yeah. dancer, like. That's when you're going to do a show that's like, yeah, like yeah. all centered around one And I'm going to walk on a tightrope and now I'm juggling and now mm-hmm. I'm like singing on my head. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, or Ron Moody. Uh, oh. Fagan in the yeah. 60s, Oliver, is probably one of his bigger, bigger sure. things, which I've not seen. So I can't speak to him. Jim Dale, oh, I love the idea I've of. I've seen but Oliver you, I... <laughs> so many times. Why am I unsurprised? This is like that. When I first found out Oliver Reed actually spoke with a very posh accent, I was stunned because to me, he was only Bill Sykes with oh. this like imposing heavy cockney accent i was like oh this guy's really oh he's an actor i see i see i think he was one of the guys who was palling around with richard harris and richard burton oh <laughs> i believe he I was one of those... the boys night boys the night party the boys town. the party boys <laughs> great um, peter o'toole that's another one who was they were all hanging out together i think one of them bought a bar because the <gasps> the barman wanted to close the bar they're like we want to stay here and keep drinking they're like well it's I'll my bar he's like bar. so I, I think peter o'toole bought the bar <laughs> so like that's just preposterous yeah that's a real uh opening scene of crazy rich asians move like i'll just buy the hotel uh-huh. don't worry about uh-huh. it don't worry about it uh fred astaire was considered yeah that makes a lot of sense i mean yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, dance. Speaking of dancing on the ceiling, dancing, which is oh, yeah. what they do in the stage version of Poppins, Bert dances on the ceiling. But in yeah, he does the like Easter the, Parade. The smallest Fred Astaire dances on the ceiling. In the I love to laugh, he, right. where he's not even dancing. It's just kind of doing like a little like he's on the ceiling and he's kind of just does like a little hop hop. Whee! Yeah, I mean that is an incredible seeing that live. Seeing an actor with on wires like walk up a wall and then tap dance on a ceiling is one of the most incredible live things i've ever seen mm. so yeah fred astaire i you could definitely be taking advantage of all that uh carrie grant was briefly considered 
Now, what's funny is that Cary Grant is actually a Cockney. <laughs> like, that is funny to me. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. No, his name... Well, so his the, name is what, Archie, Archie Leach. Leach right. Which is the character that they named John Cleese, John Cleese in, in Fish, Fish Called, Called Wanda. Wanda. Yeah, no, right, his, right, right. he's Archie... Le- he was a circus performer... Grew up like with oh, his wow. family were were yeah circus performers and so he grew up like doing tightrope walking and all this stuff that actually would make him an excellent Bert but because he had been fleeing this right <laughs> for so long but also like by sixty four he's like doing charade this and is the stuff. year he's after charade I know that's why I'm like he's too I mean, you want to put him as Mr Banks sure yeah and then you're like surprised then he's like let's go fly a kite and you could have him then like let him then let him like dance a little let him like yeah do whatever then and that's like a real surprise because we've got such a history of Cary Grant as it's not funny because it is absolutely his skill set but not what he shaped his career around and especially during that era of Hollywood like because everything I know him from is yeah charade uh to catch a thief north mm-hmm. by northwest is like so not he did do a burnt. bunch of like family comedies in the 50s oh, okay. uh, he did and in in like the 40s he did like operation petticoat and father goose and these things where he's like very undignified monkey business monkey trouble something with a where he has like a chimp right. he's like i mean I've, he's great I mean, he's very baby, funny you know? i know but he's such a great straight clown yeah. that's, that's why i'm like thinking mr banks is because of him yeah. and bringing up baby because he's like so like arsenic and old lace he's oh, just wait, wait a minute mr peabody right. <laughs> um th- though this person i do like danny k was concerned yes. well which... whenever you're gonna mention donald o'connor danny k is probably right. also on the list yeah white for christmas sure. court jester yeah. a singer dancer comedian Glennis Johns was also in Court Jester oh. along with Ange Lance. Ange Lance. I remembered Ange Lance. I have seen Court Jester. I remembered Ange Lance and I didn't I don't think I knew because well, I, I hadn't seen, seen Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins at that point. And you weren't like right. burning a hole through your record of a little night music original Broadway cast recording. I hadn't quite burned a hole through the record yet. Um no no. no. Uh so PL Travers suggested all the following because she wanted the whole entire cast to be british understandably so for sure richard burton <laughs> which okay it's a very that's a darker tale yeah this was in which thankfully he didn't because in his 1964 he did have night of the iguana but also hamlet and beckett which beckett at least is held in high regard hamlet and night of the iguana less so but i'm like that's a big year and like what an actor You're to be playing, playing the reverend shannon ha- <laughs> reverend shannon hamlet and Beckett, or is he Beckett, or is he? I haven't seen Beckett. Oh, um, but regardless, I think he got nominated for an Oscar for Beckett. Mm-hmm. So that's good, better, better use of Richard yeah. Burton. Just imagining him as Bert, but that and also tells Liz you... Taylor as Mary Poppins. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> that also tells you how P.L. Travers views the property versus how Walt Disney views the property. Fair enough, fair enough. Because I think Bert is an amalgamation of like a a bunch oh. of characters i haven't read a mary poppins book in yeah. years i think the last time was like middle school if memory serves he's an amalgamation of like a few different characters that would explain why uh, he has so many jobs exactly 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 that instead of mary poppins just like all these people these all these like she's friends with everybody exactly. it does make sense for a film to kind of like you know smoop smoop yes you i gotta stand smoop by it all together smoop them into one. you want to smoop your film you gotta uh, smoop it up you gotta smoop it um yeah but you that's a very good point because peel travers wanted alec guinness um who i mean he, that thinking that, of kind hearts and cornets is like well he is could do a lot of character roles yeah he that could makes do like a lot of sense character parts having seen him in every david lean film and all these things like he's sure. a prestige actor who also like i can see that a little bit better it's just picturing him like as a song and dance comedian which yeah. is well 
then they're writing different songs for this This actor. is true. Very true. Uh, speaking of, from before, Richard Harris was considered okay. for Bert. But that makes more sense well. thinking that she wants yeah. him for it. Because yeah. also, like, a few years later, he's in Camelot, so it's not outlandish to think he would be in a musical. But King Arthur right. is still not, you know, doing a jig. Uh, in, yeah. Wearing a drum on his back. Pale Travers also suggested sexy Rexy himself, old Rex Harrison, oh, Rex who was Harrison. winning that Oscar for My Fair yeah, Lady he's like, the same I'm year. So busy better being yeah. so iconic that every Henry Higgins in future will have difficulty singing these tunes, these notes, because no one knows what they are. <laughs> Do you just speak them? He really- no. Well, well, when I did it in high school, our our um our Henry Higgins had played uh, Charlie Dalrymple. In Brigadoon the year before. So Charlie Dalrymple sings Go Home with Bonnie Jean. I'll go home and, with Bonnie and Jean. come to me, bend to me. Go home. Go home. Which is like famously like Bonnie one of the most, be- you need like a gorgeous yeah. tenor to be that like a come to me, bend to me, you know. So he, of course, could sing anything. So he's like, well, there are notes. I intend to sing them. And I was like, this is a revelation every night. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know all these notes existed because he also did it on right. the way, you know. Rex Harrison. Yeah. Oh, I say. Well, that'd be interesting then if he was cast in this because you're, you're reuniting him and Julie Andrews. Yeah. But I mean, he couldn't because he was... Well, he couldn't because he was doing My Fair Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think was a better use of Rex Harrison for sure. Um, this is... Bert, right. He's just yeah. like too... Rex Harrison is like... I, I mean, I'm, I think of like... um. The ghost of Mrs. Muir. Like, the guy's a pirate. The guy oh. is like a swaggering sea captain. The guy is like, I come in here and I take space. He's not a clown. He's mm, funny. Yeah. He's got great comic timing, but he's not He's not a clown. Right. Now, he was not up for Mr. Banks, but Lawrence Olivier was considered for Bert. You are kidding me. Was at least P.L. Travers. I see. Okay, right. I forgot what These are all we P.L. Travers. These are all, all all the remaining ones for Bert are P.L. Travers being like, how about this guy? What That's do you think amazing. of Lawrence Olivier? Yeah. Maybe well, Rex Harrison. She's also thinking not from a musicalization standpoint, you know? She's mm. she's thinking about like just a probably a straighter adaptation of her of her books. Um so you're not necessarily thinking about like, no, I need someone who has this particular skill set. It's very interesting. I now want to actually, after hearing all this, go back and and read some of the Mary Poppins to uh, see, yeah, books, just to see like align. What do these actors make sense with? Give you know, yeah, with, with, with the original. If you go to the original text, if I go to the original text, <laughs> right, see Olivia. Um, and uh, you didn't guess him, but you did just mention him, so I'll give you a ding, ding, ding. Peter O'Toole. Also on her Just, list, which I dig that more. Yeah, I absolutely. I well, can see that. Peter O'Toole's also yeah. a little slipperier of a character. Yeah, you know? he's definitely. You know, I I. I I, haven't, I didn't watch the whole thing because I was like, oh, this tonally is just not what I'm in the mood for. But I started watching uh, my favorite year because mm. uh, I just like there's <laughs> I so many. See Lawrence of Arabia. Like... No, no, there's just so many. I have a lot of blo- I have some just blind spots of like certain actors where I'm like, oh yeah, Peter O'Toole, who I love in everything I've seen, but I'm like a lot of his like big movies i've not seen and like i was like he got nominated for an oscar for that like i want to see this and i've yeah. only seen him a little and he's hilarious in just like the first 10 minutes of that film that i've watched so far um i need to give it another shot because i just want to mainly just watch he's it for definitely him. i would never use the word goofy to describe peter o'toole but compared he's a pretty, to he's, he's a lawrence olivier well, the guy's yeah. a regular gumdrop <laughs> you know i mean in this he's just like hungover and still drunk in bed with like one woman and having a conversation with a different woman who's getting ready just being like i don't know where i'm at like do do you have a watch she's like they don't let me wear i can't wear i can't wear i can't wear a watch i don't wear a watch they won't let me wear a watch 
church uh, while he's late for everything and like completely drunk and stoned. Um, he's very funny. I was like, so I, I dig he's, Peter O'Toole. He's definitely funnier than any of the other people on the list yeah. who are all very talented and, and funny. In their, I mean, Olivier, again, it's right. sleuth, hilarious, but in a particular way. Such a particular way. way. And in 1964, Peter O'Toole was also in Beckett and getting an, one of his yeah, many eight, I think, eight Oscar yeah, nominations. I think we were about that the other that. day. Yeah. Um, just sad that he never won because, I mean, he's so good. He's so good, that Peter O'Toole. Uh, so he was doing fine that year with Beckett. Um, and finally, Peel Travers suggested Peter Sellers. That makes more sense i did think of him but he still tends to skew darker for me very much so definitely a transformative clown yeah but like it's hard because of the movies that he chose to do even like the pink panther ones you know like that's probably the goofiest movies that he does but it's they all have you know, think oh, think of yeah. like uh, uh, Lolita or. Uh, I mean, another character who pops up a few times under the guise of different professions and different well, pretending he, to be a different. No, he's to be a different. literally different people. He's playing multiple. In Lolita, yeah, I thought he was the same guy. That he's just. I thought that was the whole twist that he's like pretending to be other people and just put you know well he's definitely playing multiple people in dr strange love which is this year doctor 1964 uh, so he was doing fine this year he, he had a fine. shot in the dark and as far as he plays claire uh, quilty goes in lolita and dr strange love maybe it's that like claire quilty again i haven't watched lolita in a long time same i could be mistaken from what i remember that was like the twist which i think is easier in a book when you don't see that we're like the this is clearly like, peter, well, sellers. peter sellers yeah. right but yes dr strange love definitely playing multiple roles i i agree such a brilliant comedian but uh a dark gentleman you use it when you want a very particular tone but yes. again if that's the tone that she wanted i can see why she would be pissed at disney <laughs> i am not trusting my children with a suited uh-uh double o suited Peter Sellers. Suit. A besotted. A besotted Peter Sellers. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no. I don't see. I think that, like, he's given a real wink to that jolly holiday with Mary where he's like, oh, yeah, nothing's ever happened between us, kids. Wink, wink. Uh, I, I, yeah, uh, Peter Sellers would be terrifying as Bert. Yeah. I kind of still want to see it, but it would be terrifying. I'm I'm interested. It's a more ominous film. I'm really curious to see, like, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt in these parts you know well you could watch it at any time that's true that's an option (laughs) available to me because it i imagine does stream on maybe disney plus it does which is how we watched uh, the mayor poppins that we are talking about right now they also have as soon as it ended then it was like do you want to watch saving mr banks I was like, I don't need to cry again. I was I surprised just wept that it, through, I, let's go fly yeah. a kite. Although maybe Mary Poppins Returns gets more streams, so that's why they ended and suggested Saving possible. Mr. Banks because less people are r- rare to watch. It's more like, hey, remember this? Yeah. Remember right. this for a few years ago? Did you want to watch this? Did you want to watch uh, drunk Colin Farrell stumbling around? And I thought he was lovely in that movie. I think and he's I'm great. not normally like, Colin yeah. Farrell, put him in things. But this, I was like, good. Job. Well, as we've seen uh, within Bruges as well, let Colin Farrell be a sad drunk, and it's the and best. It it's the best color on him. It let it be a sad drunk, best color, best color on Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um, but so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. But there are a few characters we didn't mention, so I wanted to briefly touch on them. Uh, we've mentioned her, Glynis John as Winifred Banks, so good. I was like, if this was made, whatever. If this was made, well, made today. If this was made like ten years ago, Miranda Richardson is the other person, oh, someone yes. with this delightful, like Daffy Ducky quality in especially thinking of black adder and yeah. i rewatched the tim burton sleepy hollow which she's in and she gives like some of that just a, a certain camp oh to her she's um but glennis john was great i, I that glennis was, johns oh i'm sorry glennis johns 
uh, was delightful. And I was just sad that we didn't get more of her. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's a treat. I have no notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had Jane Darwell, who played the Bird Lady, which this was her final film. So she she was retired. Um, but So she was in Gone with the Wind. She had won an Oscar wow. for The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, right. Wow. And so she was living at the Motion Picture Country Home in Woodland Hills, California, oh. when she was approached by Walt Disney Pictures to play the Bird Woman. She refused at first, but Walt Disney was so set on having her in the movie that he personally visited her at the home and persuaded her to take the part. And he sent a limo to fetch and return her during her one day of shooting. So yeah, she all was she like had to do is sit in there and out. Yeah, and like covered in birds. I will say bird that's a lot more terrifying when you watch it later in life than when you're a child because the yeah. song is haunting oh, it's and beautiful. But then you're like, oh, she's covered in pigeons. <laughs> that's a New York nightmare. I just thinking of Brenda Fricker as the bird, the pigeon lady. Yes, in Home well, Alone that's too. clearly obviously now that you've seen this, a direct right. nod to that. It, totally, totally. Uh, and finally, Uncle Albert, Ed, Edwin, who, as I said, voice of Mad Hatter, which is like a soon I was like, this is the voice, a voice that I know from my childhood. Mm -hmm. um, so he was originally written as having a Viennese accent. <laughs> Wynn, however, did not attempt the accent or an English accent for that matter and decided to just be himself and ad lib most of his lines while laughing on the ceiling and telling jokes. Like a lot of this was just ad libbed, um, which normally a stickler for keeping to the script. Director Robert Stevenson just allowed him free reign to improvise, which That's amazing. is delightful. It's kind of like listening to interviews with Jason Manzukas, where he talks about, like, <laughs> he he talked in some podcast I listened to where he was um, filming some scene with Robert De Niro. And, like, oh. so he'll do a couple with the lines, and then they'll be like, okay, just do whatever you want. He's like... It's weird because a lot of people know that that's what I'm going to do. And in fact, right, right. that's why I have why been he, hired. Oh, sure. But for for Robert De Niro, he's looking at me like, who's this guy? Why is this yeah. guy just making everything up? And it's like, that's the stuff that they'll end up using is yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. that he makes up. And I was, it was really funny being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everyone else has to do the script except for this guy because he will make it better. Right. <laughs> And, and to be clear, uh, this was the script to Dirty Grandpa. So they, they needed all the help they could get mm. to make that script funny. I skipped it. Understandably so, as did audiences. Oh. Um, great. So final thoughts. Anything or anyone we haven't touched on in Mary Poppins? Nothing really. I, I do have a note here that just made me laugh looking at where it just goes, Dad, you're toxic. Uh, which feels like. To Mr. Banks? Yeah, yeah feels right i mean he is he's he's toxic to the children hmm. he's not uh not not letting them have any kind of say he has no relationship with them he's, he does not have a very strong relationship toxic. with them sick uh and and you know he he it's very beautiful that he repairs their kite and that it's in like the four pieces so it's like the four pieces of the family are all like put together, together yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. and then the mom and then she puts her like suffragette sash as yeah. the tail to like be like and now i'm you know, part of, uh, even yeah. that much more part of the family, which uh, I thought was so charming. Yeah. Um, I'm with this. Feeding the birds at St. Paul's Cathedral uh, was seen as a charitable act of kindness in this movie. And a lot of people would then want to go there to feed mm -hmm. the birds. So it really became a thing to do, to oh, go yeah. there and feed the birds. So it became forbidden by law to feed the birds <laughs> in the 21st century because of the excessive defecation from the expanding avian population. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if when when I went to London, my mom and I, we definitely went to St. Paul's Cathedral, but I think because my mom also hates birds, loves this song, hates birds so much. 
Um, I can't imagine we actually fed the birds because I, I can't see my mother having any charity in her heart for these like foul creatures. Um, as, as these foul, foul creatures. These foul, foul creatures. Um, she also saw the birds quite young in her life and was never oh, the same. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, sure. never the same. But I do remember us like singing Feed the Birds on the Steps of St. Paul. So maybe that's no. all that we needed to do. <sighs> Excessive defecation. Just what a phrase. <laughs> I mean, you really need a Mary Poppins umbrella then. You need, a, you need some really, you need some intense snaps. Just snap all that. Snap it away. So all this bird poop just goes back up the air, back into these birds? Snap it into the Thames. (laughs) Snap it into the Thames. Listener, snap it into the Thames. You heard it here first. Amy Jo. Jeff. What are you recommending this week? Well, I'm continuing on with my recommending the work of a particular performer for a little bit. I would first of all like to say last week I recommended Cola Scola. And I think like two days after we recorded that. Cole like posted a thing on Instagram saying that they're using they them pronouns. So ah. I want to make clear that I didn't just like blatantly uh, misgender gotcha. them. Gotcha. Uh, we recorded before that came out. But anyway, yes. So uh, following on the heels of Cola Skull, I'm going to recommend another television slash cabaret personality, personality, Bridget Everett. Ah, amazing. She's incredible. Um, you can find, I mean, she's on a ton of TV shows and, and, and smaller parts. And I believe she has a series, uh, that was ordered last year that hopefully will be coming out at some point this year. But I just recommend going on like a YouTube deep dive of Bridget Everett. There's just, I would never sit in the front row of a Bridget Everett show because like you're in the show, you're in the show, but just, she's so magical so outlandish so like i have laughed so hard that i have cried at a bridget everett show and then in the last number she'll just do something huge and anthemic where you're like now i'm crying for real like just a performer that can do all of that i really respond to and and um i just i hope she hits in in a bigger way coming up but like really just go on a on a youtube deep dive of bridget everett i believe she has uh, Bridget Everett and the Tender Mercies is like the name of her band. So you can like also look. I think they have some music videos out, but strong recommend. Nice. Jeff. Amy Joe. What are you recommending? I want to recommend the film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it, which I finally got around to watching. Uh, so good. I I mean, it's if you've not heard of it, somehow it's all over Netflix. It's Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. It's based on the August Wilson play of the same name. Uh, it's, it, I mean, the two of them are incredible. It's about a recording session in Chicago in the 1920s and between Ma Rainey, who is the mother of the blues based on real, she's a real person, mm-hmm. uh, and her, this ambitious horn player who Chadwick Boseman plays, who's, uh, very, very hard to, refuses to be like kept under her thumb as both of them are kind of being like at the beck and call of the white management it just deals with so many fascinating like conflicts and issues of of the time and stuff that is still so relevant today with black artists uh and what the they have to like all the hoops that our artists have to run through um but you also have coleman domingo who i love an amazing actor Mm -hmm. and playwright and glenn turman who i wasn't as familiar with uh is one of the band he 
is was in this most recent season of Fargo as Dr. Senator, who's probably my favorite character. He's just all the scenes with uh, Chris Rock. And I was like, who is this guy? Because I can't take my eyes off him. He's just such a great one of those character actors that is incredible in how they can kind of just blend mm. into the background and then just have like that one moment. They just kind of come forward like they won't they'll, they'll never steal a scene. But they will absolutely, as soon as you're like, here's your moment, they will run with it. And you know that they could steal the scene if they wanted to. Exactly. But they are a real ensemble player. And especially because they he, they all know it's Chadwick Boseman is the one that's stealing it. Because I I mean, what a loss already in general uh, for so many reasons. But I, I had never seen him like this. I've never seen him in a role like this. And I think it's incredible. It's like we were robbed of so many, so many character actor perform like performances from him. Um, uh, uh, like of seeing this was just like the, I, I don't know what he couldn't have played seeing him in just, just this and like the big stuff he was known for, like 42 and like black Panther, of course. Uh, I really can't recommend checking it out enough. I mean, if only for the, the actors alone are like murdering it. and viola davis viola davis she's always murdering it uh so check out ma rainey's black bottom that's what we're recommending this week da, da, da. do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of email us at and almost starring at gmail.com and let us know find us on instagram or facebook at and almost starring and we'll tell you what we're doing next week every saturday afternoon and if you're enjoying the show feel free to drop by itunes and leave us a little rating and review maybe five stars it really helps it's uh it's a real shame how much it helps but it really <laughs> really helps a spoonful of medicine makes the five star rating and review go down it's sugar jeff it's sugar i will never get that right no until next time i'm jeff ronan i'm amy joe jackson and thanks for joining us to see who almost starred Bye.